1: in three, three now, one that's the job of the government to but it's us that still go out walk for lives away pay for all detectives pay for absolute
2: everything I've not seen any guards I've seen more parking enforcement officers than I've seen guards I'm not going to change I'm not going to not be myself and there's nobody going to take that from me join the conversation call 0818 96, 96, 96.
1: Extra whatsapp 0833969696.
2: email opinion at 96fm
1: this is The Opinion Mine with PJ Coogan. Parks 96
3: FM. Morning, morning. Hello, how was your weekend? Thank you to Paul for Thursday and Friday. Greatly appreciated, my friend. Yeah, had a nice Easter weekend. Didn't do a whole lot. Didn't do much, really. Just just chilled. Just took uh, the weekend off. Sorted out the ga- Finally got the grass cut. Finally got the damn grass cut. Uh, and, 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 and little things like that. And sat down last night, and we'll talk about it in a minute, sat down last night and watched that extraordinary documentary on Netflix about Louis Capaldi. i uh, live in a fellow who like Louis Capaldi. I like his music. I think he's got a powerful voice, enjoy his songs. Would never have been what should we call a, a fan who'd go to a gig, kind of thing. But my respect for the man is gone through the roof and into the stratosphere after watching that documentary and, and knowing what he lives with, the difficulties that he lives with. It's amazing the guy can stand on stage at all and open his mouth. It's, it's remarkable. The most extraordinarily talented people, and we we'll dig into that, and love your thoughts on it, the most extraordinarily brilliant and talented people struggle. To understand that a they are that talented, b they are that brilliant, and c they're loved, uh, it's, it's, it's it's in in many ways it was very sad to watch that, um, to think that a guy who's so now globally adored by music fans. Struggles The way he does every single day But that, that's later and Good morning to you 0818 96, 96, 96. So The number of the text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96, 96 And the email opinion at 96fm.ie It's a strange old week The kids are at home They're bored They're bouncing off the four walls From overconsumption of chocolate They're driving you demented You don't want to get out of the bed And they've been up This is the thing so on a normal Tuesday morning, you'd be trying to drag their sad little backsides out of bed to get them into school, to get them into the uniform and get them off to school. Now, they've been up since 7 o'clock Demand, you know, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? So it's a funny old week in that regard. So we appreciate you taking time out of your extraordinarily busy morning to be with us on the show. couple of local news stories to kick us off, though. First of all is the launch of a murder investigation following the death of a man called Flory O'Sullivan, originally from Adrigal in West Cork, but he died on Holy Thursday at CoH, a month after he had been seriously assaulted. Our news reporter, Maureen Tuig, joins me. Maureen, good morning.
4: Good morning, PJ.
3: Tell me about this man, Mr. O'Sullivan. Yeah,
4: so Flory O'Sullivan, he was in his uh, 60s and As you say, he passed away last Thursday at Cork University Hospital and he'd suffered injuries in an alleged assault. It happened at a place called Glentrasna Court, Now, that's in the Glen area of the city, and it happened on the 11th of March, uh, so last month. Now, a 29-year-old man is before the courts. He was arrested uh, the following day, so the 12th of March, and he's before the courts currently on an assault charge. It's uh, assault-causing harm, so he's before the courts in relation to the incident. But after Mr O'Sullivan passed away last Thursday, um, a a post-mortem examination took place. Uh, at Cork University Hospital. Now those results are not being disclosed for operational reasons but after that um, a murder investigation commenced. Now an incident room has been established at Watercourse Road Garda Station and as I say, that murder investigation is underway. So, Gardaí are looking to speak to people. You know, if anyone has video footage of this incident, um, or anyone who has information who was in Glentrasna Court um, on Saturday, March 11th, between 7:30 p.m. and 8:30 p.m. And anyone who witnessed the incident or you know has any information that they could assist in that investigation. So, Gardaí are really keen to to speak to people who may have that information. Now, Flory was laid to rest yesterday. Um, Mass was on in, in goal, and Paddy, his brother, spoke um, at the start of Mass in, in a eulogy and he just spoke about his brother, you know he said he was the best dressed man in Ireland he said that he loved his cars. And, uh, and on the altar when Paddy was speaking he said that this has been the toughest month that he's ever put down in his life and he thanked the people in the ICU at the regional which as we know is Cork University Hospital yeah. and he, he took time to acknowledge you know, their great neighbours and their friends as well
3: yesterday. Yeah. And th- and I think some people will always call it the regional <laughs> always, always will. He seems to have been like that uh, d- a dapper little man always around well known in the area purely Partly because of the fact he dressed so well all the time. He, he looked after himself. So that investigation ongoing and the guards confidential line one eight hundred six 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 one one one, 666 111 or any guard the station. Now we also had an assault, Maureen, at Cork Prison over the weekend. A man left with what doctors are saying are life-changing injuries.
4: That's it, PJ. This happened on, on Sunday evening. Sunday, as we know, was Easter Sunday. And... Um, what 's understood to have happened is that a prisoner 's ear was bitten off now that 's according to the Irish examiner that it was a violent assault in the prison um, and, and that uh, the victim was subjected to a vicious beating before his attacker apparently bit off one of his ears. Now uh, The alarm was raised immediately, and prison officers they, they went to the cell and they found the victim with serious head and facial injuries and they called for immediate first aid or first aid was rendered on the scene immediately and they called the emergency services and ambulance arrived and the inmate was rushed by ambulance to Cork University Hospital for treatment. Now, it's understood that the victim uh, underwent surgery yesterday uh, you know in an effort to reattach the severed ear, but uh, the reports today say that uh, such as the extent of the injuries that the procedure was unsuccessful and as you said PJ their injuries are said to be life changing but his condition has been described as stable.
3: Very very serious assault and Guy investigating they've sent Saco's crime scene investigators so we don't know if there's been an arrest or anything do we?
4: And so in a statement, the guards said that they're aware of the incident that took place at Court prison. They're saying that their inquiries are ongoing and that's as far as they've gone. And the Irish prison service were contacted as well and they're saying they're aware of the incident um, in Court prison on Sunday evening. And they did confirm that Gardaí had been informed and that a guard investigation is underway and they said, therefore, they can't comment on ongoing um, investigation Sure, and
3: neither of the parties involved have been identified, I understand uh, No,
4: they haven't, but what we do understand is that it was one inmate attacked by his cellmate yes. so that they would have been in the same cell
3: Alright, Maureen, thank you for, for that and indeed for the update on uh, Flory O'Sullivan and before I let you go, happy birthday
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million, good day you're very good
3: <laughs> Cheers, that's our Maureen, Maureen the course 96 FM Newsroom 0818 96, 96. 96. Did you watch that? We're going to talk about it in, in a little in a couple of minutes. This wonderful documentary about Lewis Capaldi, which has dropped on Netflix in the last week or so. Um, it's it's very, very special, actually. It's worth sitting down. I Normally, when something comes up like this for work, you'd sit and you'd try to watch summaries, or you'd read reports, or you'd watch half it, or you'd watch two quarters of it. I sat down with a plan to give it half an hour. I ended up watching every minute of it and stopping it and rewinding it to watch bits again or listen to a line I might have missed. It's a super super piece of work about a phenomenally talented Guy. And we'll talk about it next. 0818 96 96
1: 96. Join the conversation This is the Opinion Mine. with the Cork City Marathon
2: Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie
1: Cork's 96 FM 9am. On
2: Cork's
1: 96 FM. It's a Punday game time. It's celebrities and anything to do with food. I one here. Kevin Double Bacon Cheeseburger.
3: Yeah. Brad Pitterbread. Good. And uh, Gujan de Paul. Gujan <laughs> de Paul. <laughs> Stephen
0: Fryup. Yeah. John Cleese and Onion Pie. <laughs> the nail in the coffin that says I've beaten Cork in the Punday game. Three and one Yeah.
2: Say <laughs> goodbye, my friends. DC and Ross, in the morning, you can now order your 231 electric Skoda Enyaq from No DC Cars. Skoda's sales dealer of the year. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Corks 96 FM. Please welcome to the stage. No, the day, please. No, Hello, hey. car. It threw it
3: all. Number one. And come here
5: so i'm just gonna
6: to have to stop for two seconds is that okay and that's when we had to make a stand we need to
7: find what's happening here
5: my anxiety
7: is out of control i feel like i'm in a race against the clock to get my mental health in order mm-hmm. Other people are depending on me to get better, and I know that I can. You've still got a lot of
8: grown-up to do. You need to phone your mother to come and pick you up from the one-night span. That's not a story that needs to be told. (laughs) Because you're having a panic attack. I'm
3: glad you brought that out. Before you go... It's an incredible piece of television by Netflix. Uh, An hour and a half long. Funny Incredibly funny at times, but heartbreakingly sad at others. Joined by by Rory from Rory and the Island, well known uh, around Lanzarote and well known around the country. Been touring with Rory and the Island, and formerly I seem to remember of the Revs as well. Rory, wasn't it? Good morning.
9: Yeah, good morning. How are you? F-E-G? Good.
3: I'll start by asking you. You 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 posted about this documentary. How is it? Can you understand, Rory? And you're a musician yourself, of course. How does someone? who is so outrageously talented, just ridiculously good at what he does, how does he get so insecure and have such little self-belief?
9: I suppose it's like um, you're always in a a weird challenge with yourself. And, you know, I I think the, um, you know, I I said in my post, I can't speak because I've never had the level, come close to the level of fame or intensity that Lewis Capaldi would have had. But I even found like with, Small things, myself, like when the revs went into the top twenty you know, with the debut single. You know, all of a sudden, you know, it was great crack. You're playing the pubs, you go into the charts, you're playing, you know, Witness, Oxygen Festival, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you've got to follow it up, and you're like, oh, gee, well, you know. And then the next one doesn't do as well, or people say, oh, I didn't like that one compared to the first one, and you start to feel sick in your stomach, and you get the anxiety from it. It's only natural. It's like you know, any job in life, I suppose. And then, uh. You know, I I just found that with watching. I love that just the honesty of yeah. of you know Louis Capaldi kind of having to follow up this huge gem of a single that um, went number one in America for him, and just to see the the pressure. You know, when it's just recorded on home cameras, and yeah, I just thought it was really brilliantly done. You know,
3: yeah, heartbreakingly sad, and and the fact that he is still surrounded by childhood friends, he remains entirely himself. He is still the same young fellow he got, was when he got his first. <laughs> Guitar, and he seems to need uh, someone to put their arm around and go, "Come here, pal. Do you realise how good you are?"
9: I know, I know. see. It's really tough as well because, um, you know, I think it would nearly be easier if he was like a nineteen seventies or nineteen eighties kind of a um, Scottish rock star, where you know you go to number one, and all of a sudden you just enjoy Las Vegas and you get out the champagne and you're on the whiskey every night. And you know, I think he's like such a nice grounded fella that like he's trying to go oh, okay I know and the critics might go that's not as good as what he's been doing and I think he takes that kind of stuff really to heart you know whereas uh, the likes of Rod Stewart and that you know he wouldn't have minded if he had two flop albums as long as the follow up one's fine you know so I think it's that thing of like um, just just I think social media has put a lot of anxiety on mm. the younger generation you know
3: mm, yeah he spends hours and hours and hours on the phone to his mom. she seems to be the only one who can talk him down when when he's in the midst yeah. of this anxiety of his? And that the Tourette's diagnosis, like he was twitching so much, it was hurting him.
9: I know. I think though it's um, you know uh, f- from reading between the lines, only personally myself, but I think the Tourette's um, that was almost like a uh, the doctors going, "Well, you no, know, you have this." So for him, it was like a relief of going, oh, "Okay." Mm. You know I, I can I can see that I have something now, but really you can see clearly in the documentary that as the the deadline for the release of the new album's getting closer, the twitching's getting much worse. So I mm. think it really is you know even if he's diagnosed with Tourette's, I think it's fifty percent Tourette's fifty percent absolute stress anxiety disorder you know
3: yeah yeah he was he there was a point there where he, he's trying to he's trying to get a, a line right in a song or a piano line rightness he can barely he can barely use the keyboard. You're shaking so much. I know. And then what emerges yeah. is a number one song. It's just... Exactly. It's phenomenal. Do you know, I often thought, Rory, and I've been into music since I was a, a small fella, and I've watched The Greats, I've been to see The Greats, and I've seen Flash in the Pan stars come and go. And I often wonder, do you know, are things like X Factor, America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent, where someone gets their 15 minutes of fame, are they doing more harm than good? to young people and their expectation of what it's like to be a musician?
9: Uh, you probably, i say you're, you're definitely right with a lot of it, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it's its everything, as you know yourself, the older you get in life, you, you never go with definites anymore, nothing's black and white, nothing's wrong and right, you know, you, you can say all we want about X Factor, but look at how good the recent music of Niall Horan and Harry is Styles is, you is know, and... Uh, so some some stuff does you know it's that like cream always rises to the top it's that kind of thing isn't it, yeah. and uh, you know when you think about it even you know we're we're talking about the you know the good thing of Lewis Capaldi his family being so grounded and honest and but I can actually see in the documentary that it really affects him when he spends three days on quite a, a dark personal song and his dad turns around and goes well that's absolute. S H I T E you know Yeah uh, you know it's 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 an it's a good way of like, you know, yes it's, oh, yes or no as a hit. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, they could have been like, Oh, he's under a lot of stress. Let's just let's just tell him it's a great song, but maybe it's not the single. You know, so it's, it's there's there's a you scene know what I mean? as well.
3: <laughs> there's a scene in it as well where his dad is is watching him twitch in the kitchen and and I yeah. his dad is saying, Would you ever stop? And I'm thinking to myself, why would you say that to your son? He can't. You need to understand, <laughs> know, his father, he can't. What the hell are you talking about, man? You know, yeah. I, I, I suppose in, in his dad, it was
9: coming from a kind place. Yeah, a but concerned place, you says, know, a love, loving place.
3: Yeah, I mean, the whole reality thing, and thankfully, you know, Lewis has come through, through pure, raw talent. He didn't come out of the like of... Uh, America's Got Talent Rex facts fang I can facture those. But if you look at the take the suicides connected to reality TV, like, you know, from from um Love Island, like Caroline Flack and was that guy Mike yeah. and 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 so like it's gotta be affecting people who were like can you just imagine, Rory? I was I was watching this last night, no I'll be talking to you today. Can you imagine if Lewis had been put forward into something like the X Factor. And we'd seen this extraordinary talent on a Saturday, Saturday night and he'd been shot to fame in 15 minutes and then been eaten up by the machine that is the X Factor. I don't think he'd be with yeah. at all.
9: I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. But it's weird that like, uh, even though he didn't go into the X Factor, it feels like he came from that yeah. side, you know. And, and I think... Um, I think that's a thing that affects him as well in his mind. It's like, you know, he's an absolutely brilliant singer and uh, he writes some good pop music, but he's probably, uh, he probably knows himself that he's not in the same league as, you know, Tom it's mm. Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan, even um, Bono and The Edge. You know, he doesn't, he's a big pop songwriter, so he's yeah. probably trying to um, push himself into more, being a great songwriter and losing the pop thing. Yeah. And I think that's, that's affecting him, you know, he's, everybody goes into a wee competition with themselves, you know. Yeah. So for me, Lewis Capaldi is probably the best, one of the best pop songwriters in the world at the minute. But I don't know if I would rush out to buy his album mm. as a musician, if that makes any sense. It's strange, you know, no, I, don't I can, mean that I can, in a bad way. I can way.
3: completely understand that. Like, he played over here in Musgrave Park a year or two ago, and I wasn't particularly bothered about going. Now, if he was coming back... I'd be first in the queue yeah. after watching what the guy yeah. goes through to get himself on stage for two hours. Do you know?
9: Exactly. Yeah, but I uh, know yeah. you can tell he's just such a lovely spirit. He's a lovely fella, you know. And um, you know, you're 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 egging. You're rooting for him the whole way through the the documentary. You know.
3: You are. That, it's, like that it's like the opposite moment of in Wembley, in the, one. The, <laughs> That moment in Wembley where he started to sing, the voice wouldn't come. He asked for. That's right. Two minutes to because you could see that he was shaking like a leaf with the twitches. He was twitching so much yeah. he couldn't sing. And I thought, my God, you poor man, you poor, poor guy. I, you know? Yeah,
9: no, it is so tough. You know, and you think about it, you know, with all the you're talking about the suicides and, and that side of modern culture, it's really taken off in the last 10 years. You know yeah. that this is the guinea pig generation for social media, and everything you do is scrutinized, yeah. And everybody's you know, hu- everybody's hunting for popularity, really. At the end of the day, you know, it's, it's become a big American high school nightmare, you know, where it's like try, everybody's trying to be the popular kid, you know, and uh, mm. you know, almost selling their granny for likes type thing, you but know. Also, it's really, Rory, really there's,
3: another, there's another side to it as well yes, they're all on social media and everyone is trying to make their image or sell their brand or do their content on social media. But there's yeah. another very nasty site where people are looking for you to make the smallest mistake.
9: Oh, yeah. Oh, completely, yeah. And they, and they love, um, you know, probably, I don't actually go on Twitter that much, but I, I hear that's the worst because it's very easy to go oh. incognito. And yeah. I just absolutely abuse somebody under their comments and... Yeah. You know, just you wonder who are these people. They used to write on the walls and the toilets and, the, you know, and the gents. And now, they, now they've got access to computers. Come
3: here to me. I'm heading back to my beloved Lanzarote for the first time in a number of years in July. Will I get to hear you?
9: Oh, you probably will. I think I'm over for about uh, nine days in July. Um, what, what date are you there? At
3: the end of July.
9: Oh, perfect. I think I'm over on the twenty first. So oh, that's um, down in the, we, we have a new we have a new e spot there. Um, the Island east bar. Corner bar, yeah, in the Del Carmen. Uh, yeah, I know uh, where no, it no, is. No, no, no. We actually we got we got rid of the Island Bar oh, before the pandemic. Luckily enough, yeah. What? So, so you um,
3: convert you've it's one of the older bars. You've renamed it, isn't it?
9: Just just renamed it Rory's Corner Bar. Just ah, for good. handiness.
3: Yeah. Deadly. Deadly. All right. Well look, we look yeah. forward to seeing you there. And uh, we'll we'll I'll introduce myself in person to you when we're over. Great talking to you, Rory. Brilliant. And thanks very much. Food for thought definitely in the in the Lewis Capaldi documentary about what it's like to be a musician. What it is like to be a musician and just struggle with the pressure and he makes that point you have a little bit of success like he had in, with the Revs in 2001 and then he wrote that one Jimmy's Winning Matches in 2012 and it begins to take off and then you fill in your head with I've got to deliver I've got to deliver I've got to deliver I've got to do better I've got to do better I've got to do better, got to do better. and not everybody's able for that certainly poor old Lewis isn't this is the song that made it for him he was writing songs and singing and playing the guitar and this took off this song just took off overnight. I remember the first time I heard it and thinking to myself, oh, who is this fella? A song about his nana. And when she died, everyone thought it was about a breakup, but he said, no, it's about my nana. Incredible. Lewis Capaldi, watch that documentary. Grab it on Netflix. It's an hour and a half of your time. That will be well spent. (laughs) 08-18-96-96-96. Join the
1: conversation. This is the Opinion line With the Cork City Marathon.
2: Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM
0: Whatever sport you support, grab that jersey and stick it on for Radiothon.
2: The Corks 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns this May. And Friday 26th is
0: Jersey Day. You make me feel Get together with family, friends, colleagues or classmates and wear your favourite jersey to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services See 96fm.ie for more 96fm.ie for more
2: The Giving for Living Radiothon Supporting Cork Cancer Services May 25th to 27th You make me-
0: you feel Only on Cork's 96FM.
3: 96FM.
0: John, throw this idea out
3: to you now, it'll come up later on in, in the programme. I was driving over the weekend, driving out to Woody's to pick up something, and I saw that they've got that new bridge ready to to sit in place, the one that goes from Frankfield there over into the Tremor Valley Park, and I know they're, they're looking for a name for it, and a few people have come up as, you know, could name the bridge after, Katrina Toomey, for example, or others. There was a name suggested, and I cannot for the life of me remember where I saw it, but I thought, what a wonderful idea. And today, the 11th of April, is the actual 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement so much going on, documentaries and newspaper supplements and the whole thing over the weekend and take it as you will, you might want to read it, you might not, but 25 years ago today they signed the Good Friday Agreement and it was a remarkable day in, in Irish history, I remember it very, very well. But someone suggested over the weekend that the bridge, the new bridge, be named the Mo Molum Bridge. Mo Molum was the northern secretary, the British government northern secretary at the time. She was a remarkable woman. I had the incredible privilege of meeting her just once and briefly. But she was one of those people who just would not take no for an answer when trying to cut a deal on that Good Friday Agreement. She would take no for an answer from nobody from nobody and she took no crap from anybody she was an incredible woman and she loved cork she could be seen regularly i'm told although i never saw her there in glendore in west cork uh, supping pints of guinness and telling very dirty jokes and someone came up with the idea of calling it the Mo Molan bridge to mark and honor her on 25 years since the good friday agreement i thought that was a brilliant idea I thought that was a wonderful idea. If you have a different idea, do let me know at 0818969696. Sad news, we've often talked to this man, and we talked a couple of times during the pandemic, as you did your best to adapt to the limitations. Uh, Joseph Cotter of Household Linens, good morning. Sad to hear that the end of an era is coming.
10: Yes, PJ, thanks for uh, giving me a shout. Uh, and talking to me down through the years, in fairness, 96 FM have always been... Great to support local businesses, you know, as Fairogal and Gerald Hefty in advertising have always done their best to give local businesses a break. Mm. But I suppose you know, all good things come to an end, and after forty-five years, unfortunately, the the city centre just isn't what it used to be. Peter. Is it not? Is it not? No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you know, to a large extent, we we can blame COVID. Because it never recovered, and a lot of people are still working from home. Like a lot of our customers would have been girls, ladies walking in offices down the south Mel who'd come out at lunchtime and do a bit of shopping. But a lot of them are only walking one day a week, from you know, and you know, for, and the rest of the time they're spent at home. So they're not in town. Um, I I I I hate criticising people for my for what I see as my failures because it's my shop is closing. But, you know, I'd have to say the city council haven't done much to help us, you know. Mm. Um, We we had the city traders had a meeting with uh, a city council some years ago in the Imperial Hotel. And they were talking about the introduction of bus lanes and the bicycle lanes. And I said at the time, I said, nobody ever bought a pair of pillows and cycled home with them on the handlebars of the bike. Yes. And he practically laughed at me, PJ. But, you know, I'm not laughing today and my staff isn't laughing. Yeah, because you're not
3: going to put a duvet up on the back,
10: Joe. You're not. And yeah. not on the backer or cycle home, you know? And people say, oh, you get the bus. But, you know, people don't... You're not you going know, to drag a big bag buy, like that on the bus if you buy think. Exactly. If you buy a pillow or a couple of pillows and a duvet, you're not going to be... You'll you take off three seats on the bus, PJ. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you so may not be lucky enough you know, to have
3: a bus stop within half a mile of home, so you, you could be dragging mile, exactly. it. Exactly.
10: Oh, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you, Do you feel so, that yeah, for businesses
3: yeah. like you, and for businesses like yours, do you think that the city has become somewhat unfriendly to to the shopper who wants to come to you for something specific like a duvet?
10: I think it has. I am. Um, I, I think that the way things are going, the city will be you know, a place to go to be entertained. You know, you go and get a, your nails done and get your hair done and get a coffee and maybe go in for a bite to eat. But to go retail shopping? No, it won't. Mm. You know, there, there, there's, there's 19 shops empty on Oliver Plunker Street alone, PJ. 19? 19. 19 units empty. And it will be number 20. Um, And, you know, what, what's been done to encourage people to set up shops in, in the city centre? Yeah. You know? Yes. Um, it's it's sad because if you look at all the units that are empty, PJ, they are traditional, family-run businesses like my own. Yes, you know. Yes, um, we have the, some the,
3: the big mark names on Patrick Street, yeah, and yeah. The, you know, we, we get a big, your... we get a huge fanfare whenever some big name comes onto Patrick Street. That's grand, uh, but yeah. what's the yeah. point of having that when you're closing?
10: You know, or the the character of the city, I feel, is being lost, PJ. You know, because that's Cox City was founded on small family businesses. There's like some of Anne Galligan down the road for me who has been selling upholstery fabrics for seventy or eighty years. You know, the you know, your Con Murphy's men shop up in Patrick Street. I, I could go on the list I I didn't for item, you know. That's what Cork was built on. That's what gave Cox such a unique character, but that is sadly being eroded.
3: Yeah. My late my late friend yeah. much loved Friend James O'Sullivan of the Cork Business Association. Yes, used to always yeah, say that.
10: James well. This, yeah.
3: this city he said, was built on tiny businesses, not mul- not yeah. multinationals.
10: No no. And, and that's why people, you know we had a, a great quarter of customers from Limerick. From South Tipperary, from Waterford, and they came to Cork for that experience because Cork City Centre is very friendly. It's very easy to get around. You go to Dublin, you have to go to Grafton Street. You have to walk on you up to Henry Street. Yeah. Cork City Centre, everything is so condensed that you know that the core of the city was, you know, very attractive to shoppers. You know, yeah. Uh, you, you look at North Main Street, and it's desolate. I walked up in North Main Street when I started off long ago, 1980 in Central Shoe Stores and uh, you know that that street has been devastated. Yeah. That's a
3: a statistic I wasn't aware of that you've just given me, you'll be the 20th empty shop. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 and I thought when I saw the, the post that it was because you'd come around for retirement, but no.
10: No. no, I I I'm 61 this year PJ. So I I I joined household linens in 1981. So I don't I really don't know anything else. Yes. Um I have another four or five years to go and I just don't know what I'm going to do. You yeah. know. I, I am confident that my staff will find employment and if there's anybody out there looking for staff, my god they should be knocking on my door. They should be beating a pet to my door to say it to the girls look when you're finished in all Linens, I have a job waiting for you because my girls have been incredible. How, how many staff um, do you have, John? I have three girls. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah. Um. Chris is only with me four years and Sharon is with me eight or nine years. Rose is with me 14 years. And that's testament, to, I, I would hope, to the... Um, to the relationship we have built up with our customers, that we, we have a lovely little family unit in here that, uh, that people appreciated that sense of community when they come into the shop, you know. Um, and even just looking at one of my Facebook posts this morning, Gene Elliott said, You know, I've been coming to your shop since 1977, the year I got married. And that's why people kept coming back. I'd yeah. like to think that, PJ. You know.
3: So you yeah. have a, you have a sale starting, and when is the yes when when will be the sad day? When will the shutter come down?
10: Uh, that's the the imponderable, PJ. I suppose we could be here three weeks or three months. You know, um, I have. You know, I I am committed to some of my the, the stock I have bought in for the summer sale so I would be here until June anyway Okay. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it goes beyond that yeah do you may I ask do you own or lease the building or what's the story no I lease the building yeah,
3: yeah. Okay. yeah. okay so but you, you, you're blaming very squarely here you're blaming changes in the city centre and that the new city I think and I don't want to misquote you I don't want to put words in your mouth but I think it'd be fair in saying that you're you're very critical of how the city centre is changing as a place for a small family business. It's becoming small family business unfriendly. Absolutely,
10: yeah. No, there, there are mitigating factors. Covid being the single biggest factor, mm. you know. Brexit hit me hard, PJ. Did it? You know, uh, P- oh god, yeah. How? People think that Brexit is only for big businesses. You see, I bring all my stock in through the UK. I can't bring in a 40-foot container from China or Pakistan, you know. Yes. So anything I bring in through the UK, I pay 15% tariffs on. Right. Uh, So that makes me uncompetitive. Because because, you've got to get that back. The the bigger multiples can afford to bring in 40-foot containers direct, and they avoid the tariffs, you know. Mm. So straight away, there's a price imbalance. And, you know, people in these days... Pj, I can't blame people for shopping around and getting a bit of value you know yeah that's so just the, the immediately to bring in the to bring in something thing, that know?
3: costs 50 euro you've you've got to charge 57.50 for that yeah 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 you know?
10: and then you, um, yeah and the, as I say, the likes of the multinationals—you know, the Marks and Spencers and the the Johns, you know, best to look to them. But they can afford to, you know, they don't have to have to pay those tariffs. So mm. there's an imbalance there. Uh, I can't do anything about that. That's oh, totally outside beyond my control. What about what um, about
3: rates, Joe? I know rates are calculated, and they're still calculated on the basis of square footage rather than on the basis of of your business returns. Like, yes. that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah,
10: uh, and and you know I know there was a, a revaluation last year. PJ, people said that rates were going to go up. You know, eight percent. My rates went from uh, just shy of eleven thousand euro up to fourteen and a half. Wow, I know the the place hadn't been rated in you know probably a hundred years, but, yeah, but still, that's that's a massive jump. You know, of course it is. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I could that's, go that's, tree remember, tree in order to pay that, you got to make double it. Oh yeah, triple it, Peter. So you know, yeah, triple it. So if if I if I you know if 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 I have to if I have to buy something for three thousand, it's going to cost me. I need an extra ten thousand in turnover just to pay for that three thousand increase. Yeah, you know, and if you know, in these days, people are doing well. Just, just to hang on by their toenails, literally, you know. Um, lots of small shops, Wayne Stensfield, you know. I, I wish people would support... Pinocchio. People like yeah. Wayne up in Pinocchios, you know, Wayne Will. Um, You know, these small businesses deserve of support, you know, um, or else there's going to be a lot more casualties like myself.
3: Would... This is going to sound like a silly question, I know, but I'd ask it anyway. Would online have been anything for you, Joe, you can't really put a do-way in the post, but...
10: Yeah. Well, I, I did go online, Peter. Mm. During the first lockdown, I set up a website. But m- my business is very much a touchy-feely business. <laughs> so if you want to buy a pillow, you like to feel a pillow before you buy it. You know? You'd like to feel a blanket or a sheet and see if you like the, the touch of it on your skin <laughs> before you, you I, bring it home. I,
3: you know what? I married to someone who, if she could, would put her <laughs> pillow into the suitcase, going anywhere. Yeah, so I know. See, there's one, this one not old pillow of hers. It
10: does a like her? Yeah.
3: so. I know exactly yeah. what you mean, Joe. You'll be there yeah. till the end of May, start of June, anyway. So I Pretty wish good. you a very successful closing sale, and whatever you choose to do then. And I hope that your your employees will find some. Like you said, there should be people yeah. beating a path to your beating door. door. Mm-hmm. To your yeah. door. Yeah, yeah. And always you've Peter, always been a great contributor to the show over the years, and I, I wish you success. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Joe, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety-six ninety-six ninety-six. There's a man working in Household Lynn's until nineteen eighty-one. And the, the jump out point from that chat with Joe to me is the city is no longer a place for a small family business. And I remember my My dear friend, my dear departed friend, James O'Sullivan, always used to say that Cork City was not built from massive multinationals. It was built from tiny little family businesses employing one, two or three people. And there you go. Thank you, Joe. And there was another sad announcement. I remember talking to Andrea Bonato from Casanova Gelato. uh, The I think the last one was during lockdown again. Um, Andrea, you, you've had to call it a day because the building has been sold. Good morning. Good morning today. How are you? Good. I read your post at the weekend, and in fact, as I was driving in this morning, I noted your little shop. Um, why have you had to close?
11: Oh, the, um, the building uh, has been sold. Uh, we knew that the building was on sale. Uh, uh last summer, yeah. so actually we um, announced that uh, situation to our customer last summer because we know that the building could have some issue. Um, we tried to deal with the new owner actually uh, to figure out uh, how to, to manage, but uh, the building has to be deeply uh, renovated. And uh, to make everything right, uh, um, we have to left some space. So we will lose uh, some space um, for um, storage, et etc. et cetera, So we will not able to, to run business uh, in that premises. Uh.
3: How long have you been there?
11: 2016. Okay. 2016. There's actually a couple of years that we are looking for another um, location. Yeah, because we know that the building uh, could be on sale, uh, but uh, nothing uh, available for us actually. Yes. We look at in the city center, but uh, there's no. There's a funny situation maybe about the the premises in the city center.
3: Yeah. yeah, it's a very difficult situation at the moment. So when have have you closed now already, or when will you close?
11: oh we actually closed um uh, christmas okay. we had our um, annual leave that we usually have uh, in um, january and we start to deal we already was dealing with the the with the owners the old one and the new one and to figure out uh, and we didn't open uh, since uh, christmas actually because uh, okay. it seemed to be solved uh, Anytime sooner, and now it's solved. So it's uh, definitive. Oh well,
3: okay, yeah. It's it's yeah. been a difficult time for. I mean, keeping gelato chilled properly chilled is expensive. So the cost of doing business was just going up as well, wasn't it?
11: Yeah, yeah. Uh, as everyone else, uh, the the cost of living is increased, uh, energy costs increase. Uh, uh, last year we was. Uh, lucky or wise and we was able to face it because uh, I fixed my electrical pr- um, price in November 21 yeah. so for the 22 it was uh, had a 20-30% increase of uh, energy that it is not so massive we can manage that yeah. uh, so yeah. we was able to
3: face that fortunately yeah. Take me back a little bit mm-hmm. Andrea tell me how you came to be here and how you came to open a gelato shop down on George's Key. Uh, this is about uh, a the tw- story of a twelve-year-old girl here, isn't there?
11: Uh, yeah. Also, my wife. <laughs> she was uh, twelve when she visited the first time Ireland. Mm. She spent. She's supposed to to spend um, a couple of weeks uh, in Sligo, actually, and then uh, she argued with uh, her parent, and she stayed two months actually that summer. And then uh, she fell in love with yeah. Ireland. Uh, so, yeah, a uh, long story from uh, my wife, 12 years old, uh, fell in love.
10: Yes, yes and she
3: came Ireland. back home to Italy and she said that one day she would live in Ireland. I will, exactly, uh, I'll be back. <laughs>
11: <laughs>
3: and, and you had and you, also and myself, been
7: And
11: uh, yeah, I am stay here in um, 2000, actually, in Dublin, Gabri- uh, for... More or less, two three months, yeah, actually, for improve a little bit my language, mm. my English, and, and same for me. I fell in love, uh, so once I would be back, mm. and then uh, we met each other, and then oh, you know, you know, me too, okay.
3: <laughs> did and you so, meet? Did you meet each other here or in Italy? No, no, in Italy, in
11: Italy, years and years later, but uh, you know, we have this also in common. And with time, uh, we was able to, we had an, one point in our life uh, that we take the choice, okay, it's time, we leave it. Yeah. And so we decided to, to, to move from Italy, came to Ireland, uh, we was looking to see what to do here, of course. Yes. Uh, so we decided to, to settle the gelato shop. Mm-hmm. So, I studied for this because before uh, I had a. My wife has another business, has a shop, and I do work for corporate. Yes. So, I studied, uh, I learned how to do it, I improved my knowledge, etc., cetera, et cetera, And then uh, we moved here and we opened the shop. I see.
3: I see. So, what are your plans now? Can you find. I know you said that the city centre, just talking to Joe there before you, there are many. Empty units in the city center, but I know.
11: Um, then despite the price that uh, is um, pretty high, if you want, yeah, we tried to apply in a few premises uh, in the last couple of years, but uh, someone never applied to us, uh, so and it's still uh, for too late. so I don't understand yeah. why i mean uh one in one of these uh, we also offered uh, a bit more than the requested, but never come back to us so really i don't don't understand uh
3: yeah. what is the purpose to to put to, to let a, a premises if you you're you you would like to be able to find a premises and reopen later this year would you
11: uh, Honestly, not this year, because now we are in the middle of April. Yes. So time to find it, uh, all the uh, contract and everything. Renovation, uh, we will probably be able to open at the end of the season. And it's not smart, mm. because we are a really seasonal yeah. uh, business. Yeah. So if you are able to open at the beginning of the season, you can cover all your costs, uh, make your profit, and arrive there the next year. Mm. Otherwise, you are just put an investment uh, uh, Live there mm-hmm. sleeping, like so, uh, and do and, and I should do everything running in okay. a rush to find a place. So, we take uh, a break for the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we come we also already come back to work for a corporate, and uh, with time, we can find uh, the right solution right. because uh, uh, we also plan the path to try to find um commercial park site, you know. Yeah. Uh, make the production uh, centralized there and open a few corners uh, in the cities, uh, maybe a mobile unit with a time, uh, you oh, know. You we have, we ambitions. have a multiple, yeah. Our idea is that all we grow, always the best. All right. uh, because the business was healthy, is healthy, uh, we have a good name, a good product, uh, so there's no reason to close. Actually, we are not uh, um, difficult for that, that uh, part. Just, so just don't we don't room grow- anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. and we didn't find it. Uh, but also the um, uh, commercial park wasn't available, at least not for our size. Everything is pretty big. Yes. Um, three, four hundred square meter is too big for us, and to into expensive of course. Uh, so we take a break and uh, we we plan uh,
3: properly. Okay. Well, I have. I wish you. I wish you well, Andrea and and Barbara. Um, you've run a lovely premises there for the last number of years, and hopefully, 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 Casanova Gelato will return.
1: The minds are live. Oh, Join the conversation. Call 0818 96, 96, 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396
2: Email opinion
3: at 96fm.ie. This
1: is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
3: Pox 96 FM. So we have in association with our friends at Sound Store, Blackpool, Sashfield Road and Market Green, Middleton, a Gardena Robotic Lawnmower. You'll never have to push to more again. He'll do it all for you. Or she, whichever the case may be, will do it all for you. Lives there in a little box, comes out, does it whenever you want it. And a friend who had one of these, he even used to set it up on his phone to program when it would come out. These are wonderful things. Very easy to set up. Very quiet when they are in use. So I have one to give away this week. They have a three-day sale Uh, Friday to Sunday at Soundstore Gardena three day sale but I have a freebie one of these wonderful things for your garden I have a mystery sound every day we'll pick a qualifier and go forward and we will win we'll we'll pick pick a qualifier for this Gardena robotic lawnmower, we'll draw the winner on Friday, sounds from the garden, now I don't know what this is, I've been racking my brains I, I don't think it's a It doesn't sound like a leaf blower. It doesn't sound like one of these things you use to lop the top off the hedge. I I don't know what this is. Somebody will. Somebody will know that. That's the mystery sound from the garden. If you know what it is. Uh, Let me know at 083 396 96 96 With of course your name And we'll put you into the draw for that Gardena Robotic lawnmower Giving one away Friday from our friends at Sound Store 0818 96 96 96 Some stuff coming in on uh, the shopping And the shops closing in the centre of town I'll come back to those with regard to Joe Biden in the North Joe Biden's only coming in the back door and out the back door and being whisked out again to come back down to the the Republic I was listening to the great Eamon Malley fantastic Northern Ireland journalist of much renown who's writing his autobiography at the moment which will be like a history of Northern Ireland and he was saying this morning on radio that Biden is literally coming in saying hello and going out again because there's a lot of tension up there at the moment But, but he's coming is coming Uh, now John O'Donovan says to me this is a PR exercise by Biden the gates of Stormont are locked the podium outside Ballinae Cathedral shouldn't be allowed either by the Catholic Church why ever not John because of his support for abortion Okay, John. Thank you. O eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now to the Magazine Road Residence Association with whom we speak frequently enough. Catherine Clancy, you have been in touch with the RTB about all those unregistered properties that we discussed the last time I spoke to you. You did a survey. The numbers were scary. The number of unregistered and you've been talking to the RTB about it. Good morning
12: Good morning PJ,
13: yes PJ I suppose over the last number of years we've been reporting unregistered properties to the RTB. We've done surveys in our area, just a tiny survey really taken them in about 6 streets And over that, like we've found, you know what I mean, in our most recent survey, that one in every three rented properties in the area are not registered with the RTB. We've been writing to the RTB since 2017, and some of the properties that we wrote to them again last September, we actually wrote to them first of all in 2017, and those houses are still not registered. So the RTB uh, sent two representatives to Cork last week to meet with the residents' Association. And um, at that meeting, I suppose, the priority for us was, I suppose, our own area in that the unregistered property is going back over, as I say, since 2017. And while they agreed with us, like, you know, that there are systems failure within, their, within the RTB, and particularly to do with um, unregistered properties, that they would follow up on the properties now that we've been sending to them for the last number of years, and that they would uh, come back to us in the next couple of weeks. Mm. I suppose what was a concern when the meeting was over, PJ was, you know, um, they agree, as I say, like, you know, that there are systems within the RTB that aren't working and uh, that there are issues around enforcement, especially, as I say, with one in three properties not being registered. But they have new strategies that they will be rolling out in 20. This year in September, uh, in the next two years. But in that strategy, um, which they outlined to us and which will be published uh, uh, publicly in September, I think they have, um, you know, no system within that to actively engage in uh, enforcement on unregistered properties. They, what the words they use to us is they invite landlords to apply, and that's, you know, there Mm. there didn't seem to be any change in that in their strategies.
3: You're supposed to register a property before you rent it out, but but if you don't, and as you've clearly discovered, quite a number of them haven't, if you don't register it, there's not a whole pile the RTB can or will do to make you.
13: That's what it seems, you know, and what they said to us as well, like that they would be relying on maybe other public bodies like... um, you know, HAPS or the revenue in informing them about um, unrented unregistered properties and residence associations like us. But in the end of the day, you know, it's a local issue of us, but it's also a national issue, PJ, because the RTB and it's in their, you know, in their program of work, that they are the body to provide the most up-to-date data to the government on the rented sector in this country. And when one in three properties aren't registered in our area, we feel like, you know, when you do stats, stats are so the same right across the country. So if you have one in every three properties not registered in the country, how can the government do policy? How can you know, anybody move forward in, you know, with the housing of people when we actually have no idea how many rented properties are out there and who's living in these rented properties?
3: It also kind of renders the the board... Almost useless in that if you've a third of properties unregistered in your one little small survey of five or six hmm. streets, and 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 the board doesn't have any powers of enforcement to knock on the door of number seven such and such a place and say, "Come here, you're not registered. You've got, you've got six, you, you've got six weeks, or you've got six months, or whatever."
13: was so unclear, PJ, whether they had the power or not. What it is is they really don't seem to have the appetite to do it. That's what came across to us, you know what I mean? Like we were saying, like, you would have people knocking your door for a television licence, which is ex- exactly the same fee as what a landlord would have to pay. Like, it's very little money, you know, for a landlord to register his property, whether he has four or eight or ten tenants, it's 160 euros per year.
3: Yeah, but remember yeah. the tax, he's got to pay tax then on all things. you have to
13: say why they're not doing it, yeah, yeah. And obviously for the RTB, like, you know, they wouldn't even have to go knocking on doors. They'd walk down streets. It's very easy to identify on, on Registered or you know, rented properties in many places, unfortunately, because of the upkeep of them, like you know, but. It is their job. And another area, then we said, like, you know, that about resources. They said, no, there is no issue around about resources. They have 100 people employed in Dublin. They have 150 people employed in Clannock Guilty. It seems to be an appetite, or they don't see that's the direction that they should go. And that is really like, you know, the message we got, it's up to landlords, you know, you know, uh, inviting them to apply and, you know, uh, other agencies to tell them about landlords or registered that they don't see the enforcement as a primary activity. Activity for them.
3: Have you asked to bring this information to the Housing Minister?
13: We have, and we've written to the housing minister, and we'll be. And um, we wrote to the housing minister, you know, prior to our meeting, and updated him. We will be. What they did say, they will be back to us in about four weeks with a response to the meeting. We did say that we would expect them, as you know, the lead agency in the country, registered, who which, you know give the information on registered rent properties or unregistered rented properties in the country. That that you know that's something that they should be have, and they should have the most up to date data. Unless they go around enforcement, that won't happen. So we hope they might address that some way in the reply, but we will be forwarding the um, the reply to the minister. We also have to say, like Micheál Martin's office has been very helpful to us, Thomas Gould, um, you know, uh, Fianna Fáil offices, and also Colin Burke, Padraig Sullivan, you know. So um, we're, we keep them updated the whole time as well.
3: Okay. It, it also strikes me, Catherine, that it is no surprise that some landlords, not all, some landlords can treat their... Tenants so badly, if the board is as powerless as this,
13: yeah, yeah, what it is really like you know unless um the landlord which two thirds them I suppose you could say two out of three do register their properties, but the third that don't like you know it's a clear message to them like you know you know don't worry if you if we're not contacting you, meaning the rtB that we won't be contacting you, yeah. you know what I mean like and really for the i suppose. The bottom line for us, if a house isn't registered, it has consequences for us as as residents if we have an issue with that house. But it also, you know, bears heavily on people who are renting those properties if the property isn't registered because it slows down their access to due process if there is an issue with the house. It
3: means they can be be turfed out overnight without any recourse. Thank you, Catherine. Catherine Clancy, Magazine Road Residents Association, um, RTB. Yeah. Okay, thanks for telling us that there's a third of the houses you surveyed. That the third of more. Thanks for telling us. We'll, we'll, we'll do something about that. Don't tell you what and don't tell you when, but there you go. 0818 96, 96, 96. On businesses in the city centre, talking to Joe from Household Linens and to um, the, the, the lads from Gelato. Um, caller says no one's going into town. And that's what's hurting the small shops and the food businesses. They really need to sort out the transport situation and the parking. It's a city that's only any good to access by boat now. But there's a point that Joe Cotter was making. And you have to say he's got a solid point. You are not going to cycle into town and put a duvet on the backer of the bike going home. And you are not going to get a bus into town and drag duvets and pillows onto that bus to go back out, to maybe walk half a kilometre to your... You're just not going to do that. So businesses like Household Linens, I've been criticised recently for saying that there's almost like they're declaring war on the average motorist these days, but they're inadvertently or otherwise also declaring war on small business. Because, yeah, put up all your cycle lanes and get all your buses and all your electric this and sustainable that and blah, 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 and all of that. But there you've got a fellow closing his business. And he said that a part of it, at least, is down to the inaccessibility of the city for people who want to buy what he's selling. Yeah. Andrea Bonato. I'd forgotten his, his name. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, It's great to hear a trader with a bit of honesty says Finbar. The centre has lost its character. Open drug use cost of shopping, unfriendly shopping and retail circumstances out of town retail park and finally online shopping has killed the city. Brexit and Covid had a hand in it too but the City Council need to put incentives in for local people to start retail business. Rent over now. I must deliver stuff that shops used to sell. A lack of local business is bad for the environment too. I was in town on Friday. Um, I brought the Oomphila to town. Just, we were passing through on the bus. And we had to change from one bus to another bus to get out home. And I said, we'll go for a spot of lunch. And we went into Clancy's. And we had their, their sandwiches in there. Now, they were quite busy uh, lunchtime on Good Friday. But I... Now that I think about it, when Joe's after telling me that there'll be, there's 20 empty businesses now on Art Plunk Street, that is such sad news. Oh, wait, one, eight, 96, 96, 96, I think I may have made something of a hames of a competition. I might have inadvertently given you the answer just typical me like we'll let you hear it again after the break
1: join the conversation this is the opinion line with the Cork City Marathon take
2: on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team register at corkcitymarathon.ie.
1: Cork's 96 FM Simon Murdoch and the best music mix.
2: Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96 FM. Why, you need to have our app on your phone,
8: I'll tell you. Plus, need a little help burning off all those Easter egg calories? i got just a thing for you from 12
0: here on Cork's 96 FM.
3: Have a listen to this. Breathe. It's just the chorus of Breathe Easy, which is the new single from Stephanie Rainey, written by Miles Gaffney as a tribute, Miles, to your niece, it was, wasn't it? Good morning.
7: How are you, PJ? Um, mm. Yeah, well, my niece through marriage, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Kiera O'Gorman was her name, Kiera garman Um Kiera was born with cystic fibrosis, you know, and... Um, like when I met when I met my wife now when we were younger, a lot younger and she taught me, Okay, i have CF. I, I, I just said, All right, you know, I didn't
3: understand the illness or I didn't know anything. Well that line isn't gonna hold up. And we'll try and get him back on a regular line, lads, because it's not gonna hold up. But the song was released on Friday. And um the hope is that it'll become a, a big hit, big airplay hit, big chart hit, hopefully. And that it will raise money for the sixty five roses. Charity, because uh, it's sixty-five roses day in a few days' time, and uh, we get Miles back on the line to talk more to us about Kira Corriner Gorman, his niece through marriage. Her her baby boy Rocco was born in twenty seventeen. He's now five. So Miles, like you said, you knew you knew she had CF. It kind of never entered your mind what that was or how how serious it could be. Is that right?
7: That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, back then we were a lot younger, and. uh I was like, uh, oh yeah, I kind of just go along with it. But over time, I I, I could see Kira how like she got at times, you know, mm-hmm. um, how the end is her down. I mean, a, a night out, a night out for Kira could mean a, a long stay in hospital. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's how it uh, affects her life so much. But you know, she fell pregnant, and we were all so happy for her. But at the same time, there was concern there too. You know, um, but we were we the family were assured that. Um, no, everything will be alright and the, the medical team had it all under control and they did and they did. Yeah. And uh Rock was delivered, he was fine, everything was fine. And a few days after his um after his birth, Ciara just took a toll for the worst. Yeah. And um she just never came back, And you not know, the lung the long function was was gone and I suppose from, from years of um uh, Taking a bathroom and how were in the lungs are so scarred and stuff that they they couldn't revive him. But it was described to me as um, it was like a, a, a puncturing in a balloon, you know, and you, yeah. you can't you can't you can't blow it back up anymore. Yeah, and that's, that's the, that. was the simple explanation that I was given at the time, you know.
3: Yes, it's a remarkably good explanation for it, and we have such a high amount of it in this country. We're we're some for some reason that no one can understand. We have the highest rate of it per our yeah, population I, in the whole world.
7: Well, Kara was, was one of the people who was, um, was one of the trial people for that. I, I think I'm I pronouncing it right now, uh, Clyde Court. I think, I think. Clyde Court. yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a, but she, she was one of the first, at the time it was kind of a top secret, you know, because when, when you're approached and saying, will you be... But, I mean, it's, it's safe to say no because she's not, she's not here anymore, but um, she was one of the people and it, it it made huge improvements to her, to her quality of life. Yes. Because I didn't know myself at the time, right, that she, she was one of the people and I kind of noticed myself a bit of a change in her. Yes. You know, I was like, she's doing really well and even even when the time came when she passed away... Like, she had bounced back so many times while I was um, in her life and when she was in mine. Yes. Um, that I I was just kind of listening to my wife saying to me, says, it's Kiera, she'd be grand. Yeah. She, you know, it's a scare. She'll bounce back like she always does. Yes. You know, and um, even the drug, that, that drug that she was on, it, it just, I mean, you know, her time, basically her time was up, like. Yeah. Yeah. And, the the numbers, I, like I I actually know people know who have CF, and actually I grew up with some of them that I never knew, but now I know because through care I know, and and, that and going to the hospitals and stuff like that to see them there, like but um, I I would take that there's a lot of different um, different stages of it, let's say. Yeah. And I I from what I learned as well down the years is that some people are, are a lot worse off than others some of it is more manageable and some of it is not
3: you know some some of the new drugs now and there are drugs coming out every year some of the new drugs are complete game changers I remember talking about Kaleidico at the time um, and it, it it made a massive difference to people's lives but the saddest thing seems to be about CF Miles I'm sure you know more about this than me that can just take someone so suddenly like it did like it did with Kira. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like
7: if you if you if you had saw the if you had saw the person and I'm gonna give you an example, PJ, I went to Mount one time mm. and she was a great bit of stuff for um for shopping, especially at Christmas because she knew what everyone wanted, you see. Yeah. So I could I could bring her, right? And one thing I, I, I would call it nearly the silent illness at this stage because she was so beautiful and, and so handsome. So she had a, an invalid um, parking spot because she had a disability, right? Mm-hmm. And she parked in the disability um, area, and a woman tore strips out of her because she couldn't see beyond her beauty. You know, she couldn't. She couldn't see. She
3: I was looking. I was looking at some of the pictures of her on online. She was a stunning girl. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, she was. And and you know something?
7: Never. she um, thought She'd. she'd, she'd like people would tell her, she wouldn't accept the kind of a thing. You know, I she 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 said, oh, "How would you go away? How oh, would you go away?" I'm, I'm not. I'm only alright or whatever, like you know. But she, but she, your one got stuck on it because she thought that how could this person be in in invalid? To come beautiful she she can walk or whatever. But she. So my point is, like, it's an illness that you can't see. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? It's I call it the silent illness.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.
7: That's, that's the word I put on it from from my yeah. experience of learning on, about it. You know. Yeah.
3: Now you're hoping that this song, this beautiful song that you wrote and gave to Stephanie Rainey, an excellent choice, by the way. Um, you're hoping that it'll raise money for the 65 Roses. Tell us a bit about 65 Roses, Miles.
7: Well, the 65 Roses again, a learning call for me over the years. Um, I asked one time, why, why? why is this called 65 Roses? Why 65? And it was explained to me that when a child is dealing with a, with, a, with a doctor who has CF, they tell them they've got 65 Roses rather than cystic fibrosis because, number one, I suppose, for a child to see it, it might be a bit harder to understand than 65 Roses. It's just easier to explain yeah. to children. Yeah. And that's that's where the name came from. Um like again like, like we we we'd supported every year when Kiara was alive. Um, my wife's family, they'd they'd all have a run around and drop the money out to the regional mm-hmm. or uh, we'd all wear the, the the purple rose which is their their symbol. Um and then when Kiara passed her friend um Jessica she does a fashion show uh, it's on again on Friday in the Metropole actually and there's some great entertainment there Um, on Friday coming uh, 14th of April Um, so it's 65 roses it's just the day um, it's the biggest um, fundraising day CF Ireland and um, the roses are available from uh, gun stores on Friday and uh, I'd urge everybody to go and and, and get one but um, the song we just tied the song PJ I just rang CF Ireland I said look I have a song um, at the time, I hadn't even rang Stephanie and while I have you on, I must thank Emo, you know, Emo here on your production team, sure. uh, because Emo was, Emo was actually, I rang Emo and I said, uh, will, will you give me Stephanie, get me Stephanie Rainey's four number? <laughs> and she said, I will. <laughs> and she, she gave it back to me. She came back to me with the number and yeah. saw Imo Imo made a pivotal role in the whole last it has
3: everybody's flipping number it is <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
7: so we, we we said we we they said they were interested they asked me did I have a singer I do no, I had a version of it but mine was a ballad version an Irish folk version with mm. ill and pipes and fiddles and, and um, so they said yeah we are interested yeah. so I, I you know we all have conciliers like what do you think who do you think would suit it and I asked a few guys I trust and, and they said yeah it's definitely rain, it would definitely suit us. So um, I rang her, she said look I don't really cover her songs from what I Anyway, long story short, I emailed her about 12 o'clock on a Sunday morning and she came back to me at 20 past 12 and said no, I'm all over it. She said, I, mm. I'm, I'm doing it. She said "It like it's how they hit me she said in the, in the haft and uh, that she just had, yeah. had a small fella so she, she, she was able to relate to it and then um, we we done it. We put it out there, and what a reaction It's, like it's number
3: thirty nine now in the iTunes chart, and number one in the singer songwriter charts. We don't normally do this, Miles, but because uh, we get a hundred charity songs a month thrown to us. Yeah. Mm. But I'm going to play the whole thing in a second because it's gorgeous. And the video, yeah. the video has some lovely shots of Kira. Rocco's five now. How is he? <laughs> He's playing. I tell you know, <laughs> he's a credit to
7: all. Like he's a he's a very happy little boy, um, and his father and Jordan, the, the Jordan and and the Cairns and the O'Donovan family. I mean, the, and his, his aunties there that have given him a great rear, and, and he's he's well loved by us as well. And uh, he, he's a little mate and, and he's flying. And do you know something? Just to, I mentioned to Brian O'Glanby, um, they offer putting that video together because, and to the people who who gave us uh, personal. Um, Footage from their mobile phones and their devices. Um, you know, it's not easy to hand over personal videos like that, for people. Yeah. And uh, just again, thanks to the, the Rockwell's side of the family there, who uh, who gave in so much footage and of his friends and stuff. But uh, yeah, that video is is mighty felt it. It's lovely.
3: It's lovely. I watched it this morning early. It, it's it's really lovely. Yeah. Miles, good luck with it. And I know it's a tough time for for you all um, and tough you, you clearly you clearly loved her very much oh we
7: did we loved her and, and, and you know she 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 um, she left a huge hole in, in our in our family and in, in, it, things were just the same people people are not the same people they don't mind me saying this like you know it's just so they just find it very hard to, to move on from it you know the, you don't, you is, don't the, get over
3: 24 it's too young it's too damn young
7: yeah, as, as the song says, PJ. Even if we, even if they gave, if she had one year, just one year, just to, you know, do all the things that a, that a mother could do. Even though she did, she did do it at, at, when she was here with him for a few days before she she, she became, uh, I suppose, it, it fell into a coma. I suppose, but like, you know, it was just it's, it's a harsh, it's harsh. It's the reality of life, because here we are. Giving out about the rain and giving out about you know this that and the other thing. These are these are the real things that that, that,
3: are, that are a part in life. Like you know, and that's the truth. Fella? We're all lucky Ain't we are You, Hawaii, you Ain't know, the truth. You keep writing. You keep writing songs and keep doing your. You're, you're, you're a, a top class postman into the market. Are you the fellow that wears the shorts all year round? No,
7: I take I my I give my shot to break in October and uh, I put them I be putting them back on down to see what we get the sunburn out of the house so I only put the legs in. I don't put into the body and I I come here. There's two letters inside the post box, yeah. All right <laughs> In two yellow envelopes, all right?
3: All right, Miles. Take it take take it handy, fella. The, the great Miles Miles Gaffney, beautiful singer songwriter and uh, Postman, Supreme, our own postman here at 96 for years. And this is the song. We played a snatch of it before I took the conversation with Miles, but I think it's worth playing in full. Written by Miles Gaffney, um, given to Stephanie Rainey to record and sing. The video is up there now. It is 39 in the iTunes chart, number one in the singer-songwriter charts. It's in aid of 65 roses, the cystic fibrosis. Charity and let's have a listen to the whole song. This is Stephanie Rainey.
0: You know that
3: That's gorgeous, isn't it? Beautiful. Stephanie Rainey, written by Miles Gaffney. That is Breathe Easy. Available wherever you get your music and all proceeds are going to Sixty Five Roses. Sixty Five Roses Day is Friday. 0818 96 96
1: 96. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line. With the Cork
2: City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at corkcitymarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. You guys
1: ready? Watch out, or watch out. Big Drive Home, weekdays from four
2: on Cork's 96 FM. Hey, it's Lorraine. Make sure you're with me every weekday on the Big Drive Home for the biggest showbiz interviews.
0: I toured with Sam Smith in the States, and uh, the whole night premise consisted of the piano and Sam Smith wearing a Beyonce wig. I've
2: got the competition guaranteed to have you shouting at the radio the one second song. And it's doing my head in. I'm going demented, which is. Does this song even
1: (laughs) exist,
2: For all that's happening in Cork and a bit of crack in the Evening, you know what to do. Join me weekdays from four.
1: The big drive home with Nyan Motors, your number one
3: for Kia in Cork. On Cork's 96 FM, there is a movement sweeping the country, and when I say sweeping the country, I mean it. There's a lot more younger people now, people in their late 20s early 30s, when you invite them to something or you meet them somewhere and you offer to buy them a drink, they'll either take a soft drink or they'll take something non-alcoholic, like a zero, you know, and there's more and more of it out there and the sale of zero alcohol beer, for example, has gone very high in that particular sector. A lot of people are gone, what they call now, sober curious. Uh, Fiona O'Malley did it and it's, it's a year now, is it Fiona, since you had a drink? Morning.
14: Good morning, it is indeed, yeah. Um, so I would have done blocks uh, previously without drinking so whether I was training for um, a half marathon or a triathlon, way, way back uh, in the day, I haven't done them in a long time now, but um, I would have stopped drinking for six months or even sometimes for a year and then I did another two year block um, and then I went back uh, drinking just at social events um, and then I thought what actually, why am I drinking, like what well, what's the reason behind this? And is it just a social thing, or am I drinking because I'm a little bit uncomfortable? Um, and then I started analysing, I suppose, my own patterns in drinking. And I decided then, you know, I actually can do without it. My quality of life is a lot better when I'm not drinking at all. And um, the first couple of times you go out socialising, not drinking, uh, particularly if you're used to having a couple of glasses of wine or a glass of prosecco or a cocktail in your hand, um, it can seem a bit odd. But then once you get used to it, it's not odd at all. It's so common now, as you say, so many people decide that they would rather a soft drink or they decide that they'd rather a zero percent um, non alcoholic drink
3: instead. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and I don't want to pry now, but like would you have been a would you have been a, a heavy drinker or would you have been a just a regular drinker who liked a few glasses of wine? What what was the level of your drinking?
14: Yeah, so I probably would have been um once, maybe twice a week if particularly coming up to Christmas, probably twice a week, I would have gone out uh, meeting friends and I would have had maybe two glasses, three. Um, I probably overdid it, you know, on a couple of occasions when I was younger, um, but I was never like a heavy drinker and I was mm. never an alcoholic or anything. And it, there's nothing, you know, I didn't, you know, gamble off the family home or anything, you know, nothing. And I didn't, I never woke up with a tattoo. I didn't intend it or I <laughs> didn't intend or anything like that. Um, but I just kind of realised, you know, that the pattern... It wasn't uh, great when I took a step back and I realized, you know, I would always end up spending more money than I intended to. I would probably have fed a little bit more than I intended to. Mm. Um, and, you know, the diet, if I was trying to do any healthy eating, that would go out the window. Because, of course, I'd have the inevitable takeaway on the way home. Yeah. And um, then the next day I wouldn't have been eating healthy at all. It would be all junk food. And then yeah. it would just kind of... You know, have a damp dampener on my week really and yeah. I wouldn't feel great for sometimes the whole week and then as I got older, like I'm only 34 now but as I got older um, certainly my late 20s my early 30s I noticed the hangovers turned into two day hangovers and that wasn't after like a huge amount to drink that was after maybe sometimes three glasses of wine mm-hmm. um, so I don't think my tolerance was ever particularly high anyways um, but then I just made the decision, do you know what I'm going to cut this out altogether Um, and then in September um, I was diagnosed with early stage breast cancer. Now I got it early so I'm going to be fine but oh, I think good, that's really yeah, that's really compounded my decision that it is the right decision because you know there's lots of links with alcohol and, and can't, different types of cancer so um, I think you know it, I suppose when anyone gets the health scare it, you know that really brings things into perspective and for me one of the things that brought into perspective was that I want a good quality life and I want to have a long life and I'm not going to do anything that might jeopardise either of those things yeah. um, So so for me that was you know the right decision and I don't want to sound preachy, you know. Like I
3: know. No, you don't. People, that, that's yeah. and you don't. You know, yeah. you, you you don't. And mm-hmm. and that's a benefit because some people who who quit drinking they can sound like Bible bashing. Yes.
11: You yeah. know,
3: yeah. whatever. But in answer to the question, Fiona, I want to mm-hmm. dig into this one a little bit. The question: Why am I drinking? Did you answer mm-hmm. that question for yourself?
14: I think yeah. I mean, for me, it was mostly. Um, You know, if I, well, first, it was always the first one was just to unwind um, after a long day of work or, you know, if I was doing a course and I found it tricky. um, And then also if I felt a little bit uncomfortable, like I remember I went to a wedding years ago and um, I was the only single person there and uh, everyone else was in a couple. And at the time I wasn't, it was one of my blocks where I wasn't drinking and it was the first time I, I thought God I really really good love a drink now this is just a little bit awkward and then I kind of made myself hold out I said look just w- wait for an hour or two and if you're still uncomfortable maybe have a glass of something um, but I was determined not to break my non-drinking um streak and um, so then i just went i think i had a glass of sparkling water or something and once i had something in my hand i, I was more yeah. comfortable which is i don't i don't know why that is do you just feel
3: Well to explore that explore that a bit because you mentioned that you know there was a time when the only reason the only reason somebody wouldn't be drinking was if they were an antibiotics mm. uh, you know or or whatever and um, and you you could feel Singled out if you went out for some reason and you weren't drinking. But now, like if I go out for some reason and I have to drive early in the morning, Mm I'll have a couple of bottles of zero. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm still having a beer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I can still get up nice. I can drive home Mm -hmm. and I can drive to work in the morning nice and handy. That would be a purpose of it for me. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I still like to have a beer um, because there's only so much flipping seven up you can drink, like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting though and you you get that kind of and after the few days of not having any alcohol then there's this fresh feeling that you get isn't there?
14: Right. and it's just um, you know you have more money you don't I mean for me I, I generally have a bit more cash when I don't and you know I would always the, the generosity gremlin as I would call it would come out whenever I had a couple of drinks oh, they be yeah. like I'm getting around for everyone even though my bank balance was like no you're not you're <laughs> not getting back rounds for anyone um so you know, I, there's none of that anymore. I, I, you know, and I, I I don't wake up and say, oh God, did I say a bit too much, or did I send that person, or you know, did I yeah. come across like I was flirting with that person, or um, so? And then there's no kind of worry or paranoia or fear the next day, which is great. So then that reduced level of anxiety is it's yes. fantastic. Yes,
3: as well. yes, yeah. yeah. And this this whole thing about now that we pay for so much with our phone, your phone. Oh my God.
14: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the um, skin crawling anxiety when you 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 would see kind of photos of the night before, and you kind of thought, well, certainly I would have thought at times. Just I I think I look great now when I'm posing for this photo, and then you see the photo the next day, and your eyes are bloodshot, and I got like, oh,
3: that's not. Hope to goodness' no one posted that anywhere. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. if you look at there's a lot of celebrities now. I mean, you know, Russell Brand. Uh, doesn't doesn't now He he made up for that in early life, but he hasn't had mm-hmm. a drink in years. He he he, yes. he, he teaches yoga, I think. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. Naomi Campbell, Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. drink. Lots of lots of people don't drink. I mean, one particular um, young extended family member now our generally if you invite them, doesn't drink. We'll have a few bottles of zero and drives everybody home. With him. We never invite him because he drive us all home. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the most popular person in the family the most popular person in the family absolutely (laughs) absolutely it's you know um, but you are you saying to people to maybe challenge themselves a bit to give it a go for a month at least (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah I
14: mean because I, I think a lot of people certainly for me I never as began, you know I would never have considered myself an alcoholic or like a problem drinker or a heavy drinker but um, my quality of life wasn't you know it wasn't down in the dumpster I think but certainly it was, it was a lot better when I decided to give it up so um, I would you know, yeah I would encourage people if you if you see that pattern in yourself if you might have said you know maybe one to two things too many or if you kind of like me, if you'd have that little sneaky takeaway on on on, on route home and um, that was when planned and if you probably spent a bit too much a couple of times and she didn't feel great and if the hangovers are getting worse then why not just give it up. Try challenge yourself for a month and if you can do a month, challenge yourself to three and then if you can do three, try six and then if you can do six, why not do the full year and, yeah. and see how much better your life has
3: um, I know you're the CEO of turntome.ie mm-hmm. and a lot of people do dry January. You, mm-hmm. you asked people that your charity asked people to maybe do it into one year, no beer. I, I don't know how many people are nearly four months into that now and it's going well for them. Mm-hmm. But, but what, what kind of things are you hearing back?
14: So a lot of people would say that their mental health really, really improved. And I felt that myself as well. Um, a lot of people uh, who have depression and who drink um, to excess or, you know, moderate levels by Irish standards um, would also report poor mental health the next day. Um, and then, of course, the anxiety is, you know, across the board. People generally who have a little bit too much Um and feel hangovers the next day or feel fear the next day. I mean, alcohol is a depressant. There's no two ways about it. So your mental health is negatively affected when you're regularly drinking. Um, So yeah, why not give it a go and why not challenge yourself uh, the one year no beer and see can you do it and if you can then maybe reflect on your life with alcohol and your life without alcohol and maybe you might give it up or maybe you might just reduce it or might right. have it on occasion but uh, yeah, something that is, it, probably it. everyone should take a step back and maybe reflect on, on those so things.
3: Something that you just said there and it, it dawned on me one thing that, that I notice is if I'm my, thankfully in my position in life my worries are small but if if I'm worried about something that is the wrong time to have a couple of points because it'll keep me awake.
14: Yeah, absolutely. And also, um, if, you, or if you're stressed about something, you, you use that call to unwind. The stress or what's at the root of the problem is still going to be there after absolutely. you have the pint, And then you feel the you need to have another and another and another. And, you know, if you, uh, if you have a problem or if you're stressed about something, whether it's been work or you're, College or family or your relationships, well, the problem is certainly not going to be better when you're nursing right. a hangover the next day. That's, oh,
3: God, no. You are deadly. So, you're, you're, you're do you, how, Lassie, how do you describe yourself now? Former drinker, non drinker?
14: Non drinker. Yeah, non drinker. And it's it's funny because years ago, um, I'd say when I would have gone out and I wouldn't have been drinking, I could see just people, particularly women, their eyes would slowly, um, you know, uh, go down to my tummy briefly, and I knew that they were all thinking, "Is she pregnant?" Um, but now it's a very common thing, you know, to, uh, to to not drink, and you don't have to say, "Oh, I'm on antibiotics" or "I'm driving" or anything like that. People don't even pry; they're like, "Oh yeah, that's grand uh, yeah, it's very, yeah. very normalised. Yeah,
3: just get, just give me a zero. I'm not drinking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, Fiona, thank you very much for that, Fiona O'Malley of Turn To Me. I.e. One year no beer. You know. I'd do a fortnight I'll do three weeks for you I'm not too sure if I'd try I enjoy a drink I love a drink um, might give it a go though in the run up to the holidays we'll see but there's maybe try it for May I heard someone talking about the building here this morning I'm going to do it for May uh, the are too far already into April now 11 days into April you're gone That's forget about forget about April but maybe May maybe try it for the month of May apart from anything else uh, you will actually lose if you, if you drink even a couple of glasses of wine or couple of points at the weekend if you stop drinking um, you will lose half a stone in a month just by not drinking strange but true 0818 96, 96 96 now the countdown is on to the Corks 96 FM Giving for Living Radiothon in May, May 25th to 27th in fact I can tell you it is 43 days now to the start of the Corks 96 of M Giving for Living Radio we're asking once again your help. Uh, we're raising funds for Cork cancer services and once again we need you on board. You can host a coffee break or do it at work, do it at home, do it wherever. Gather all those loose coins with our change collector boxes and once again we'll have a jersey day on the Friday the 26th wear your jersey to work or to school or to home and in doing so you'll be helping to raise money for the Cork's 96 AM giving for living radiothon. Sign up now for your pack at 96ofm.ie it's really easy. The giving for living radiothon for 42 days from now May 25th to 27th only on Corks 96 FM
1: Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line with the Cork City
2: Marathon Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Corks 96
1: FM Corks 96 FM is giving away free money
2: Free money Somebody say hey What's
1: money? and all you have to do is snap the app download step one download the Corks
2: 96FM app to your phone step two snap a screenshot step three what's up in to win what's
1: up in to win
2: stay listening from 6am weekdays for your chance to play T- take me where
1: you are snap the app your ticket to free money the winning begins next Monday yes! On Corks 96FM. The minds are
2: live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96
1: 96. Text WhatsApp 083 396 96
2: 96. Email opinion at 96FM.ie.
1: This is The Opinion Line
3: with PJ
1: Coogan. Corks 96FM.
3: Just listening there about Rory McIlroy. I was disappointed for him at the weekend. He just couldn't put it together. in The first two rounds of the Masters and didn't make the cut. And then he pulls out of this designated tournament. I was reading yesterday in one of the Sunday papers that he could lose money over it. um, From this bonus scheme that the tour has. And I'm thinking to myself, he could lose money. Hang on a word now. He earns 40 to 50 million dollars a year and he's got about 170 million dollars in the bank and he's a part owner if not a full owner of a private plane I don't think that um, losing a couple of quid in a bonus will, will bother him all that much there's something up with him though at the moment he seems to have invested too much of himself in this fighting the PGA versus live tour thing and wasn't it Tiger Woods Said recently that you know Rory's got so much more left to give if he just goes out and plays golf. And they've become I was chatting to a pal of mine about this the other night, they've become very close friends, Rory and Tiger. Uh, like, and he's got Tiger coaching him now and, and helping him along with his game. Like, probably the greatest player to ever lift a club is your friend and and, and, and giving you a dig out with your game. You listen to him. Do you know, but I felt sorry for Rory uh, at the weekend. But there you go. I'm pulling out of a tournament, I'm going to be taking a little break from himself. Good morning. 0818 96 96 96. Lots of reaction to that lovely song. Um, it's just it's Breathe Easy, um, written by Miles Gaffney and performed by Stephanie Rainey uh, in memory of young Kira and for the 65 Roses charity. And we played the whole song just. For the impact of it, Bear was just bawling. She was in a little heap at home in the kitchen. A beautiful song, crying my eyes out. Listen to the words. Thanks for playing it. It's another message, full of emotion. Wonderful song, says David. Yeah, it's 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 all of that. Now on the subject of this bridge, and I mentioned it earlier this morning uh, that I saw an idea for the bridge the bits of it if you're driving along there by the South Link by Vernon Mount or Tramore Valley Park or whatever, you'll see it it's now sitting on the side of the road and the two enormous posts that it'll sit on are there and almost ready to, to and it'll be mounted sometime soon I'm not entirely sure when but there's a, people looking for a name for it and I love the idea of calling it after Mo Molem. But, Paddy, Janine, you want to call it... Now, I I very, very vaguely remember a story of Charlie the Bogman. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. He lived, or lived, is he still alive, do we even know, down around there? No,
6: Charlie has passed away, but um, when I was a young man... I, I, as far as I was concerned, Charlie lived in the bog and in Lins, the Wood area yeah. of that of, of the railway line, etc. You know. Yeah. Um, but I put out a request that last last Friday to seek further information on Charlie because I think it would be very appropriate to name the bridge after Charlie and call it Charlie's Bridge, yeah. as Charlie was the we say, the one and only resident of that area. On a full, on basically a full time basis.
3: That's right.
6: He, he lived so, there with it, his dogs, didn't he? With his dogs, yeah. And uh, now you'd have to be of a certain vintage, like in your fifties. Now you're supposed to remember Charlie. Mm-hmm. Anyone younger probably would not know this, but but I, I remember Charlie coming in, walking in through some of his house, very with a very very, um, um, what do just say, a purpose in his walk into town with the dogs, you no know, bare feet, with, with a raggedy horse cut tape with a string, and he'd have the stick. And he's coming back out again with his with his bits and pieces, so I have a very vivid memory of that. And um, but I have, as I said, I put out my request for further information. I am getting a lot of information coming in, and I thank to everybody who's contributed oh, really? to the post. Yeah, you know more um, about
3: him now than you did then, do you?
6: Yes, and I believe his name is Coleman, and uh, he actually lived in a house. He had a, a family home in Clarks Road. Right. But, but he spent most of his time over at Lainswood in Laneswood and the Bog area there yeah,
12: he,
3: back in the day. He would swim in the in the bog lake. Yes. There's a little small pool there. He would swim there.
6: Yes, he would go swimming there. We'd be there back when we were young for his fishing and Charlie would be would be seen entering the water and swimming away and coming out and never like never caused any harm to anyone. Never and lovely, lovely, lovely gentleman, you know?
3: Yes. Yes. And did he have a profession? Was he a tradesman or was he no?
6: That I don't know. So yeah. we were only little boys. Then you see at uh, PJ, so it's just a memory I have of him. And um, I think, and I just think, with the bridge going up, it would be very apt to to name it after him and remember him for for his um, for the character that he was
3: That's in the area. Yeah, yeah. You'd be you'd have to find out a bit more about. He like he owned a house. So he wasn't a homeless person. He owned a house. He had a house. chose not to live there.
6: Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, no, that uh, he had a there was a, there was a family home on Clark Road. He lived with his. Brother or sister or both, but I have been contacted by a family member, so I'm going soon to ring after lunch to get more information and arrange a meeting and to discuss it further. So
3: mm-hmm.
6: hopefully, I'll get enough information to bring forward a strong application
3: to name the bridge Charlie's it's, Bridge. Isn't, isn't Cork fascinating like that, Poddy? There's always someone who knows. I'm just looking at another name coming up on my screen there now, and I may be able to go to it in, in the moment, but someone else who knew Charlie has called us. Is it? They go to four there, lads, is it? Stay there, Poddy. Tony.
5: Hello, PJ. How are you?
3: Good, good. You knew, you knew, Charlie.
5: I did. Yeah, uh, he used to swim in the bog. He, he never lived out there, as far as I know. He used to swim in the bog every day. Right. And he lived in Lower Calfs Road. Yeah. Either the first or second house. And the reasons so why you went when you went up here, sort of going left. Yes. And he was there, and he used to sleep out in the shed, as far as I know. Really. But yeah. He used to sleep out in the back. See the, and he asked, there was a, one time I was telling the, the girl down in the office, uh, I think it was Chrissy and brought a, a lot of people in a coach, tourists, yes. out to see the rink the road and all that kind of was a really, at the same, I think, in a coach. And there was Charlie inside in the bargain, he's swimming away.
3: <laughs> not his teacher's clothes on him, of course.
5: <laughs> That's what I'm time ago now. And of course, he used to go around and he had plenty of money. He's round and all rags. He was no sales to money.
3: That's the thing. Like, do you know anything about his background? Was he a trade?
5: Uh, he, he, he was living with his brother in uh, in in, in Road.
15: Right.
5: And right. his brother was a, a collector in church every Sunday. He's a collector. He's a vote to church. I see. I see. Yeah.
13: Yeah, yeah I
5: he, know. He's a brother, yeah. And uh, the two but as far as I know, he's just a vote he back. He's never stepped in the house, but he was just... <laughs> He used to swim, go to bog every day.
3: Every day.
5: And he left two or three, maybe four dogs with him. Yeah. And, he, you know.
3: I, I do, but I, he, mean, was I
5: very, he, he was very comfortable, seemingly. Yeah,
3: that's it's a strange thing, isn't it? Strange, yeah. Strange thing just a character for what he used to do. Tony, totally. thank you. Anything there, Paddy, that you didn't know?
6: Uh, no, yeah, just the... Yeah, we're, we're aware of the clax Road connection and we are aware of the swimming, yeah. mm but, right. but, he, but 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 it it's jogging a lot of people's memory on Charlie. So I think and it's good it's good that that's happening to mm-hmm. remember him like that. You know?
3: know there were great characters around too. I remember. Do you remember old Christopher with the pink hat who'd come up and say, "I know you," and he had a war story about you. You'd never seen the man before in your life. He was around. There was I didn't know Charlie. Another Andy Gaw was another one. Like there was great characters around Longo. This, this, yes. Are they gone? All of them? Do you think, Paddy?
6: They are like they 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 are. It becomes a thing of the past now. Um, like th- th- there's a, another chap in in head and I think Dorney is his name, Dorney Phillips, perhaps. right. I think is it the one he is, his first name? I might, I might have the wrong first name now, but uh, yeah, another character, who, who, very colourful, like he's always. If there's it, an event in behind the he's there. He's all, always there, and fair play, he, he always shows up. And love to sing song.
3: Yeah, most and most of them are just yeah. harmless, lovely, harmless cell fellows. Remember, remember, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely, and 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 they make the, they they make the. Um, the D- dummy. it's Dami dummy Phillips. dummy, Tommy D- dummy yeah. And there was a fella who yeah. go around as well wasn't there? There was a fella who go around with a pram full of full of bottles. Bottles and jars. I don't you remember know? him now. Hold on that Lock area yeah He used to be out there. But you're looking at uh, maybe we could name that new bridge uh, Charlie's bridge after Charlie uh, the bogman who used to swim in the bog years ago Paddy Dineen thank you very much for that going to bring a motion to try and get it named after him I don't know whether it'll get whether that'll happen uh, whether that'll happen I know the suggestion that I liked over the weekend was definitely Mo Molum. somebody else is suggesting the Bertie Ahernbridge Bernie uh, says he put an awful lot of work into the Good Friday Agreement even when his mom was dying he kept working away that's true his mum was from Tracton. Bertie Ahern's mum was a woman called Julia from Tracton. Um, in fact, Bertie hurled with Tracton when he was a kid. And uh, he kept going up and down to his mum's house when she was very, very ill and he was trying to negotiate the Good Friday Agreement. That's that's true. Sean has another idea for, for the bridge. Morning.
16: Good morning, PJ. How are you? How are you keeping? Good, good. What would you
3: think about the bridge?
16: Well... BJ, I think that there are so many people put in the effort uh, over a long time into this uh, Good Friday Agreement. I think we should call it the Treaty Bridge. And the whole idea of a bridge is connecting one area to another area. Yeah. And these, this has connected various communities and countries, really, I suppose, come to an agreement between England and Ireland and the Americans were involved in this and it, there was various political and there was various religious uh, organizations involved and I think by calling it a bridge is a bridge is connecting it's all about connecting you could you could simply call it good friday
3: bridge tony couldn't you
16: well you could i suppose yes but i'm just saying rather than co- picking up Good Friday or anything, Holy Saturday and anything like that, we could be saying the Treaty Bridge, it's a treaty, it's an agreement, mm-hmm. and it's, it, it was a great thing to help the people above in the north. And it also has helped has Ireland you, uh, both north and south.
3: Yeah. I love that idea. That it's spanning two areas, and that's what treaties do, and bring two areas and, t- areas and people together. I like that idea, Sean. We'll see what people think. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. That bridge, I think, will probably be formally named. But do you remember how they named Mary Ellen's uh, bridge? Was they eventually put a couple of names up for us to decide upon, and then there was was there a vote? Do you remember was there a vote for Mary Ellen's bridge? Um, and that's how that got its its name. But this new bridge over, if you're not familiar with it, if you're not from that part of town, if you know the Tremor Valley Park, and you know. Vernon Mount, the bridge will go across the road, across the Link Road. There, a cyclists and walkers bridge. A bit before me, a fine, it's a fine bridge. You can actually see it now if you're out there, sitting at the side of the road, ready to be to be put in. I still, though, I'm drawn to the Moomolam Bridge. I'm very much drawn to the Moomolam Bridge. Um, that's just me. I liked it. I haven't heard an idea to better it yet. I lived in Mary Street. I knew Charlie the Bogman. We used to watch him walking over Parliament Bridge on the wall. On the wall? He'd be petrified, or we'd be petrified, that he'd fall in. But all the kids would gather so to watch him. And he never did fall in. His dogs would be walking on the footpath next to him. I think that would be a great idea to name the bridge after Charlie. He'd he walk <laughs> over the wall. On Parliament Bridge. Crikey. Oh, 0818 96 96 so 96. That's given up your drink for a month or two months, or as in Fiona's case earlier on, given up completely. Um, what about giving up your phone at the weekend, or at least giving up your smartphone? These blasted things that control us from morning to night. What about giving them up at the weekend and actually using an old fashioned knock you block you at the weekend or something similar Would you like that idea? Pat Phelan's going to do it
1: Shine the conversation This is the Opinion line
2: with the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's
0: 96 FM Question 10, in what comedy series did Mr. Miyagi actor Pat Marisa own a diner? Oh, jeez. You mm. uh, uh a diner. Happy days. Yeah! Boom! Yes! Oh! Yeah. <laughs> what an answer! Sir.
3: Wow! Was it a total guess? A total
0: guess. Yeah. Sometimes, old oh, tin ear, you get something, don't you? Listen, we've got a career out of it, so.
1: <laughs> Tom, you've just won two thousand euro, buddy. Thank you, chaps. It's been great. Good, good luck. well done. Have a good one. Stacking up the cash. Cash, cash. The two grand a minute. Listen to play at seven forty and eight forty every day on Casey and Ross in the morning. <laughs>
2: 96 FM. So
3: I'm looking at a picture on Pat Phelan's Facebook of a Nokia Blockia, a Nokia phone. Now, not quite the old ones. They did absolutely nothing other than phone and text. This one does your WhatsApp. But if you want it, it'll do your Facebook and all those things as well. But you bought this, Pat, purely so that you can take your SIM card out of your smartphone at the weekend and just be contactable by those who... You you need to be contactable, your friends and family.
17: Morning. Morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I, I suppose, PJ, what's happened really is we've all become addicted to these things. Yes. And, you know, we're we're probably not living at all. You know, I was talking to a friend who was at a concert a few weeks ago and, you know, everybody had their phone up in the air looking at the phone and nobody was actually enjoying the moment. And I kind of feel I'm a bit guilty of it as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a position really where you know I'm on social media, I'm on email, and it's it's almost like these little dopamine hits you know someone messaged me, someone likes something mm-hmm. and it's completely kind of immaterial to my life and i I keep getting this message now from Apple every Sunday morning that tells me how much I was on the phone a day for the last oh, previous I x I know, and it's it's kind of like when you look at it. Like, it used to be 12, then I got it to 11, then I got it to 10, and now I'm on nine hours a day on my phone. And you're kind of looking, you know, if I was to get, I'm always busy, and if if someone's to give me back 63 hours a week, it could make dramatic changes to me.
3: Now, Pat, how much of that nine hours, because I know, I mean, just the phone I'm sure it is for you, just like it is for me and for Emery and for Fergal. The phone is the office. It is, a, a, and you're carrying the office around, which of those nine hours, how much it will be work? How much would be just fooling around?
17: The problem is, I don't know. And, you know, if you're looking at Europe at the moment, and I've done a bit of research into it, you know, a lot of the big European companies are now starting to turn off their servers at night. Right. I know that Mercedes have just done it, where Email is disabled from six PM till eight AM every day. And it's just the kind of a thing where people are, you know, we've become almost kind of, you know, like we used to say during COVID, you know, we weren't working from home, we we're living at work, you know. Yeah. And I think it I think the phone has just become too intrusive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's become, you know, like you're talking to someone and they're staring at a screen. And, you know, they're not doing anything that's of any value, really, you know, because social media in reality is of little or no value,
3: you know. Indeed, indeed. No, I was talking to a chap last week, Pat, um, there's now uh, an, an anonymous, if you want, there's uh, an internet and technology addicts, anonymous now, which is an international body set up across the, along the, the, the 12 steps. And there is a huge addiction problem now with the dopamine hits from our screens.
17: Yeah, and I see it, I, you know what I mean? I, I have three small grandkids and I can see it, you know, and I, it's not something I like, you know. They're I digital some, natives. They were born with a phone in their hand practically. Yeah, you know, I have a little two-year-old uh, granddaughter, Evelyn, and I can see her swiping. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm probably as guilty of causing that habit as anyone because, you know, see as I do and do as I say and that mm. kind of stuff. So I, I'm just going to make try make this change from... So I bought this little Nokia, 79 quid, and uh, I'm just going to forward my calls onto it from 6 o'clock Friday till Monday morning. Mm. And it'll have phone and it'll have WhatsApp, Mm. where I'm not huge, to be honest. I I, I never got the WhatsApp thing that much. Mm. So I I, I think it will just, I'm just going to go back to try living a bit, you know, rather than this thing always in my hand staring at it. Not thinking... With
3: all of the businesses, though, Pat, that you're involved in, and this seems to... and something that I think we've been dragged, those of us of an age can remember when all this started. I remember sending my first text message and being most amazed by it. Like, we're in a 24-7 world. Someone is going to want you at 3 o'clock on a Sunday morning in connection to one of the many businesses you're involved in.
17: Yeah, that can be a problem, for and you. I think they can what they can WhatsApp me or call me. Yeah, you know the numbers that they're used to calling me on will still work, or have US and UK numbers all forwarded to my SIM card. So if someone needs to get me, there won't be a problem. I see. But I think it's it's me that needs to change. I think it's more about this outbound thing rather than inbound. That you know, I, I remember meeting Dennis O'Brien years ago, and he was talking about that the social media were kind of stealing mobile. Because they don't pay to use it We don't pay to use it Even though we're the product So that, you know we're this, this almost, almost On all the time No sleep, 24-7 mm. You know, it's probably not good for your health either Like,
3: Well, if you look at it Going out at the house Just go out at the house for an afternoon Keys, wallet, phone And if the phone is missing You'll go back into the house to get the phone You might only be going to sit Or to walk by the beach with your dog but you have to have the phone. That is, it's it's tied to us. Like
17: it is, it is, it is. You know, I, I'd probably remember my phone before my car keys or my wallet. No, mm. and I'm just going to try and make a small change at the weekend so that I can be a bit more present for people. That's and I think that's the thing. Yeah. We're just not in that kind of. You know, you can almost see when you see something exciting or something goes wrong, or you know, you see, you know, a rainbow. The first thing you're doing, and I can see people, it's the one habit I managed to break, thanks be to God, you can see people at traffic lights driving cars looking down at the phone. And you can see how slow it is to get off the lights now because everyone's on their phone. It's a really big problem. And, you know, you can enjoy something without having to pull out your phone and take a picture of it.
3: Yes, yes, yes. I was reading another article uh, over the weekend in one of the papers, 20 things that the phone has... Taken from our lives, and the simple joy of owning a camera being one of them.
17: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love taking. Oh, I had a nice camera, and I used to love taking pictures, and that's gone now. Yeah. you know this thing is, and the thing is, you know what? Like just a small suggestion to anybody: look through all your photos and see how useless most of them are. <laughs> You're, You're not just wrong, taking guys. pictures for the say thousands and thousands of pictures. For the sake of taking them, they're of no value, and in paying internet providers to store pictures that you never see again.
3: That's true. That's true. We forget that one. Good luck with it, Pat. We'll see how it works out for you. Thank you. That's uh, Pat Feelin, well-known Cork entrepreneur. If you saw the little thing, there's a picture of it. It's it's an old-fashioned Nokia phone. It's a bit does a bit more than the really old-fashioned ones used to do, but not a whole pile more. And that's what he's going to do at the weekend, Kate. Is it two or three, lads? I have a three, but flashing, but not a two. Uh, give me a three. Yes, Kate. Hello. Hiya.
12: Hi. We turn our phones off in the evening, and when we're on holidays, we just put it on for an hour, uh, say six to seven, and if our family want to contact wherever we are, they can phone us then. Yeah. We just don't. Bu- there is a switch off button. It's like TV. If you don't like a program, switch it off. You know what I mean? It. it, it you're... You see, you think you're ruled by, well, you by the phone. Well, you are ruled by the phone, but actually, you're in charge. It's true. If you really think about it, so you can go off out there and say, "Well, do you know what? Now, I've enough. I want a bit of peace tonight." Just turn off the phone. We turn the phone off always, and if there's an emergency, don't worry, they'll find us.
3: Yeah, you know? there's, there's a FOMO thing though, a fear of missing out, that you'd be the one the following day who didn't have the story or who didn't have the gossip. Yeah,
12: no, so, no, I couldn't care less. I'm sorry, <laughs> I really couldn't. I just think life there's, there's too many other things going on in life. Do you know what I mean? To enjoy, I just we just don't do it, and it's great. I'm
3: completely with you on the holidays yeah. thing.
12: Yeah, oh, it's brilliant, because they know when to ring, then if there's anything from home, or just they say, well, there's the phone now, now 67, you know, that's whatever right. country it is in, you know, and that's the way you do it. That's great. It is, indeed. Okay, a lot. Have a good Bye. day.
3: Bye. Uh, someone says here, I observed two teenagers on their phone in a restaurant Saturday evening. Their grandmother arrived at the table to join them for dinner. They lifted their heads for a split second to say hello and went straight back to their phones. The granny sat there quite awkwardly for a few minutes, until the parents joined them says Evelyn oh god so Nana came to join them for dinner the two young fellas put their head up and then straight down again so she sat there stared into space until ah uh, uh, that's sad that is sad look that having been said I was out with a friend for a couple of points on was it Thursday night a uh, fellow that I haven't seen for quite some time, and we were having a good chat, and we were half watching the golf, half catching up on old times, half sorting the world, and the other half making a complete ham of it again. But every time he went to the toilet, I grabbed my phone for a look, for fear I'd missed anything. You gotta stop that; it's driving us, it's going to drive us as mad doing that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now Airbnb. My daughter is the Airbnb queen. She can find an Airbnb anywhere, anytime, and it'll be a smashing place. But here's a statistic. Did you know that the vast majority of Irish Airbnbs are illegal? I did not know that either. I would not understand how. The vast majority of Irish Airbnb properties are illegal. And two law students from UCC and now going after them because of the impact they're having on the housing crisis. One of those students is Brian O'Kane and he joins me now. Brian, why is it they're illegal to start with? Good morning to you.
8: Hi, thank you so much for having me on. So I suppose the main thing is B&Bs as originally intended weren't going to be illegal. Um, if it was just a couple of people renting out a spare, you know, bed or a space on the floor in their own home, that would have be been completely fine. Um, When Airbnb was pitched, it was kind of seen as this disruptor in the hotel market. It was going to be a way to overnight bring thousands and thousands of new properties onto the market for people renting just for one night, like a hotel. Or instead of having a hotel, it would be €100, it would be just a floor, a literal air mattress on the floor of someone's house, um, and you pay a tenant for it or something like that. That was the vision. What we've seen now is that that has not happened. This disruption of the hotel market has not happened. What they've done is they've disrupted the housing market. And they've taken properties that have only permission to be served as domestic use, so your home, your second home, your third home. they're using properties that are legally only supposed to be domestic use they're making them commercially used, and that means they've not gotten kind of permission and in short- term uh, lets uh, or for for short term using property for short-term lets. Um, without permission in rent pressure zones. All of these things that are, Airbnb are doing are actually completely against planning laws. It's just not an efficient way of using housing and they could be fined of up to five grand or get a six-month prison sentence well, for using Airbnb illegally. Let's,
3: let's, l- let's l- use uh, somewhere here in County Cork, let's say Yall, I, I, And let okay. us say that I own an apartment in Yall, there overlooking the sea and I go up and down to it myself from time to time. If I own that Am I not entitled to rent that out as I see fit, Brian?
8: Absolutely, you're entitled to rent out your property um, as long as it's legal. I suppose the issue is in Cork, there are rent pressure zones in Cork City, let's say, and the council has decided that it's not an efficient use of property to give out more Homes that could house a family okay. to commercial, commercially viable places. If you did want to rent out your home in Yall, your second home or your third home, absolutely get onto the council and apply for a planning permission. And if they reject you, they reject you. That's your issue with the council. And if they don't, well, congratulations, you can have your Airbnb. I suppose statistically, um, the department has kind of put it out there that they don't want to convert homes that families can live in into Airbnbs and hotels. Because it's just not effective fair use. There's 11,000 homeless people in Ireland and there are 16,000 full entire homes on Airbnb. So in Dublin from 2019, 2020 and 2021, there were 29 applications for converting your domestic house to be a commercially viable Airbnb, let's say. In Dublin, for three years, there's only 29 applications. And I think the department or the council only approved about five of those. So the council does not see this as viable. It's not effective use of property. And if there's a housing crisis, we shouldn't be endorsing this pathway of trying to get as much money as possible from the market when you can actually be putting people, families and the 3,000 homeless children into homes that are going to actually support them their whole lives.
3: So you and your colleague, uh, Padder have a project to try and tackle this in a way I think that you believe because you're law students you understand these things the council cannot ignore you what are you planning to do?
8: Yeah, basically um, all of this law is already in place the obligations to have property be used efficiently is already in place there's no new statute we're trying to push for but we did discover that there's a law that says um, the department is always going to be investigating Airbnbs but if someone reports an Airbnb or a short-term letting, they have an obligation to investigate within two weeks and issue some sort of warning letter, and within that period of time, they will be basically threatened with a fine of up to five grand in court proceedings, or if they refuse to oblige completely, the six months of prison time or jail time. So through that, we're just going to go through the Airbnbs. We do not believe have any indication that they are registered legally, and we're going to report all of the Airbnbs in court first, the 2,000 or so, Airbnbs listed on the website, more than 2,000. Um, And we're going to say, look, these are the properties that are on Airbnb. Based on statistics, 99% of people are not registered. Um, These are the ones we think are not registered. Can you investigate that? So that means the department will be obliged to get extra staff to send out the messages and make sure people know, look, if you aren't following the law, we're in the middle of a housing emergency. You cannot use property recklessly against the law leaving people homeless and keeping families outside of houses and strapped in hotels. Um, and that way they'll have to make a difference. And to be honest with you, based on my consultations with um, conveyancing lawyers and people in the market. Sure, I think those people who get five grand fines, they'll have to sell. They'll have no other choice to either sell or they convert to a long-term loan, which is bringing homes onto the market for everyone, whether it's reducing the rent price because there's so much supply. People like students can actually afford to live out in the city or families first-time buyers and families are trying to find a home. They might actually be able to buy a house that's up for sale now that would never have ever been up for sale before because it was just too lucrative and too profit-driven to have Airbnb flooding the market or taking the houses off the market for really ridiculously expensive uh, accommodation. 200 euros a night instead of 400 euros a month.
3: I'm looking at the numbers here as well, Brian. You say there are 300... you'll You'll be logging 370 complaints with regard to the city, 1,700 across the county. Yep. Wow. And they must act on that within two weeks
8: under law? The council has to act, um, within reason, yes. So if they were to send out the letter and there was some explanation, they'd have to come back um, and reply with proof that they were registered or something to that effect. And because no one is going to be registered... They will basically have the panic of them of, oh God, I want to reduce the amount of pressure I have um, of what this fine could be and what the penalties could be. They're going to try and act now to either put up the long-term let or sell the property and that will cause um, an earthquake in the market to reduce the price for everyone.
3: Okay, so you you believe then, I think, yourself and your colleague, that you could release the bones of 25,000 properties into the market or have them, they'd be either sold or released into long-term Let's just
8: by uh,
3: cracking down on Airbnb.
8: Yeah, I really do. I think it's the most direct lever we can pull. Every time you hear something in the DAW, a difficult question that gets asked by like, an office, uh, opposition TD, it says, what are you doing about the 11,000 homeless? And the reply is always, well, you can't build housing overnight. Well, what if we could provide enough housing for every homeless person in Ireland overnight? If we just grew teeth and said, We actually have the law, we have the procedures, why don't we actually fight for the people who would need a home instead of, you know, extra money for landlords? Um so yeah, I absolutely think this is the most obvious direct action anybody could take. Um it's completely free. Um we're just literally filling out a form based on public information that's readily available for everyone. Okay. And if we're successful, we can make a huge difference. Just us as two lawsuits uh not even finished graduating yet.
11: Okay.
3: Well, it sounds to me like you've got a future ahead of you in this game. Brian, uh, thank you for that. Brian O'Kane and Pader O'Rahala, two law students, finally year law students at at UCC, they reckon that by tackling Airbnbs, by complaining Airbnbs to the councils, they can release hundreds, if not thousands of them, into the long-term rental market because without planning permission, did you know this? Without planning permission... You can't use your extra property as an Airbnb. And so many of them don't have an extra property and they're going to complain them to the council. We'll see where that goes. We'll come back to them, lads, in a few weeks' time. See what's happening. On smartphones, Martin from West Cork. I once had the privilege of meeting Bob Geldof when he was in West Cork. The phone rang and I saw he had a Jurassic-style Nokia phone. And I said to him, You're like myself. You don't need a smartphone. You don't have a smartphone. He said, well, why would I need a smartphone? People who use them are only living life vicariously. That's interesting. Uh, at Christmas, says Mary, I told my family no phones at the table for the dinner. The children or the grandchildren were not at all happy. Phones should be banned on holidays, if only to stop people from posting continuous pictures of their food. And images captioned images captioned, this is bliss. Also check-ins at airports. With the obligatory glass of wine photo saying, got to be done. I like those pictures. I must say, I am the fella. If, the, if it's there, if it's, I'm, I'm flying out this July at stupid o'clock in the morning, like utterly ridiculous, bonkers o'clock. But if the bar is open, will I have a quick pint? Of course I will. Of course I will. Because it's the holidays. Do you know? Not unconnected to the Airbnb story, Catherine Clancy on with us earlier on about the, P- the RTB and all those unregistered properties up around College Road. Kevin says, if a property isn't registered, why aren't revenue knocking at the door saying, show me your accounts? Well, if they're not registered, they're not with revenue. And, and yep, I get it. RTB are like most public sector departments. It's not your job. Says Johnny, oh yeah, oh yeah. The wheels of the public service move very, very slowly, Johnny. You're not wrong. And then Anthony says she's not worried that they aren't registered. She's just trying everything to get rid of students living on her road. I can see right through her. Well, she's hardly going to get rid of students living on her road, given where she lives, Anthony. But I know what you're talking about. 0818 96 On the subject of phones... I see a story from the States, not unrelated, the FBI have said to people, you know those free charging points, you see them in pubs or in airports or whatever, the FBI is saying maybe don't use them because people can put nasty software on your phone and use those points as a way to get them into your phone. I know it sounds a bit conspiracy theory and all that crack, but the FBI would apparently seem to be Uncomfortable with those public Free charging points 0818
1: 96 96 96 Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line With
2: the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June By running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie
1: Cork's 96 FM Simon Murdoch and the
2: best music mix. Weekdays for Midday on Cork's 96FM.
8: Why, you need to have our app on your phone, I'll tell you. Plus, need a little help burning off all those Easter egg calories? I got just a thing for you from 12 here on Cork's 96FM.
3: I was too young to be let go, but I'm old enough to remember. And that's not giving anybody my exact age. When there was a very famous music festival only half an hour up the road. It was called the Mountain Dew, uh, the McCroom Mountain Dew Festival. And one of the things about that Mountain Dew Festival was it is believed to be where Rory Gallagher, the late, great, played his first outdoor gig. I don't know how true that is. Maybe Killian Lynch can tell us that in a second. But we're hoping to bring back a festival to McCroom and hoping to bring back the Mountain Dew. And it's starting... This year. Killian. good morning. Good morning, Peter. 24th of June, the McCroom Music Festival is back. That's Can we it? settle that discussion? Did Rory Gallagher do his first outdoor festival gig in McCroom?
15: That's correct. Very privileged to have him.
3: Wow. Wow. Tell me the history of the old festival and then where 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 you take it up.
15: Like the old festival which was the McCrew Mountain Jew. It ran from 1976 to 1982, and we had the likes of Van Morrison, Rory Gallagher, Chieftains, and a number of other bands. I suppose I'd be here for a while if I was to continue. But um, it it went on until 1982, and it was a roaring success success, with people from all over Europe attending it with um, audiences of up to 20,000 people here, which was remarkable for that time of year, I suppose, back in the late 70s, which was the first outdoor rock festival in the country.
3: Oh, it was the, the first in the country? Wow.
15: Macroom. Macroom was the first town to have an outdoor rock
3: festival in the entire country. Wow. And it used to be in the grounds of the castle, wasn't it? That's right, yeah, in the castle domain. I didn't realise it was gone since, since 82. So you're bringing it back, or bringing back a festival on 24th of June?
15: We're bringing back a festival, I well suppose we didn't want to take from what was, so we left them out in June as it was. Um, it's called McCroom Music Fest, um, the 24th of June, um, and we have three very good acts um, on this Saturday evening, starting uh, at the opening at 5.30. Right, who do you have? The Franken-Walters, the Riptide Movement, and Monday.
3: Excellent. Three strong draws, and I think you have some fella called KC.
15: KC, from uh, 9 to 6 FM, will be there on the night as MC, and we're very privileged to have him as well.
3: Is this a toe in the water, Killian, to see how it might work, or is this the start of something much bigger?
15: It's the start of what is going to continue every year, and it's not really a toe in the water because, I suppose, um, now that McCroom has been bypassed, we have the opportunity to do something big here.
3: Yeah, you couldn't um, really have done this with, without the bypass.
15: No, we couldn't have done it. Um, it's the it's the local business association is organising all of this now. Um, there was, my, it, we were talking about it last year, but you know, you can talk about all these things and until, the McCroom, until McCroom was bypassed, we don't really know what you have. Um, like there's a lot of people coming back into McCroom now since the town has been bypassed in December of 22, and uh, we just—it's a celebration of the town being bypassed after being in gridlock for nearly 20, 30 years.
3: Yeah, I was only through it the weekend before last. I went down to Killarney on the bus, and of course the bus still goes through McCroom. Yes. but it ain't the nightmare it used to be.
15: No, you could be queuing. It's so unpredictable. You could be queuing for an hour, or you could be queuing for 10 minutes and it turned an awful lot of people but we're seeing an awful lot of people commu- commuting back into Macroom town. and through my own business i'm seeing an awful lot of people even looking at living in Macroom, uh, looking at
3: living in Macroom town. where will the festival take place you're not going into the castle though no?
15: no it's going to be a uh, basically at front of the castle gate in the square in Macroom
3: town, oh where the little vegetable market is that's it very good 24th of june i take tickets on sale at the moment
15: Tickets were on sale there since last Tuesday evening and the, there was such a remarkable uptake on it. The site actually crashed on Friday evening. That's, that's a good
3: complaint. That's yeah. a very good complaint. McCroom was crying out for this bypass for so many yeah. years. People said it can never fulfil... Now there were always those who objected to it as well, killian there but, 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 but there were those who said McCroom cannot fulfil its potential of what it should be Without the bypass. You'd agree with that, I think.
15: Definitely. Like, McCroom has an awful lot to offer. Um, it's just that you couldn't access it. And yeah. it's only on the doorstep to Cork City. It's on the way to Killarney. It's the gateway to either Kerry or West Cork, whichever you wish to pick, do you know? Yeah. yeah
3: it's, it's, it's. But I was glad to get to the bottom of that now. But I did not know the, that McCroom had the first. Open air rock festival in the country.
15: First open air rock festival in the country in 1976. There was people from all over Europe came to it. Mm-hmm. Well, so like like we're we're seeing here, people from all we've different um, stations ringers from all over the country here and um, inquire about it because it is, I suppose, it's nice to bring back that bit of history that was um, and to be associated with it again you know and like and all the people here the businesses within Macroom everyone
3: is very optimistic about it excellent excellent looks forward to a great event on Saturday the 24th of June tickets are available now 34.50 which is very reasonable plus a booking fee McCroomMusicFest.ie killian good luck good luck with it when it comes around Thank you very much, Peter. Thank Cheers. You. Uh, 0818969696. Uh, yeah, ie. Come here, we're giving away money again. I tell you, we, 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 there's money to be given out again on Corks 96 fm over the next couple of weeks. Thousands of euro in free money. It's called Snap the App, and it's the next big way to win. You need to download the Corks 96 fm app. Snap a little screenshot, then stay listening for your chance to WhatsApp it in. And if we call you back, you'll be in the draw and Lorraine will give away 500 quid a day in free money. Snap the app, download the app today and be ready to play from next Monday, April 17th, only on Corks 96 FM. Do we know what this was? Let's see if we get a qualifier. For our draw Oh yeah, it's a leaf blower It was a leaf blower I thought it wasn't It was a leaf blower a Kathleen Daly From Colb Is today's qualifier uh, Qualified for the draw For a Gardene, Gardena Robotic lawnmower With Sound Store, Sarsfield Road Market Green And Blackpool Which we will do on Friday I think that's about The size of it for today Program edited by Emer O'Hay, Produced and researched By Fergal Barry Uh, Thank you for joining the conversation in whatever way you did, and we shall talk to you tomorrow just after 9.
1: Join the conversation. This is the Opinion
3: Live.
2: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96
1: FM
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.